so until the case is concluded. The casualty department at the QE2 hospital in Welling Garden City is to close in nine days' time. It'll be replaced by an urgent care centre treating minor injuries instead. The decision was made seven years ago to move it to the Lister Hospital in Stevenage. The Shadow Chancellor Ed Balls will announce today that he intends to keep child benefit payment rises below inflation if they win the next election. He'll tell his party conference that Labour needs to prove it can balance the books. Claire Pay from the campaign group Mothers at Home Matter says a cut would be felt by families. More and more families are having to go out, both parents are having to go out to work, pay child carers to look after their children instead of caring for them themselves just so that they can um, contribute to the government's tax coffers because many people who go out to work, particularly mothers, are not covering much more than the childcare. A jury which has heard allegations of abuse by Dave Lee Travis will resume a third day of deliberations today. The former Radio 1 DJ from Buckinghamshire is accused of indecent and sexual assault in the 1990s and 2008. The Prime Minister is meeting with senior Tory colleagues over plans to allow only English MPs to vote on laws affecting England. The Tories are being accused of wanting to restrict the power of Scottish MPs as so many seats are held by Labour. The Conservative chairman and MP for Well in Hatfield, Grant Shapps, says that's not true. I think this is just a matter of common sense, isn't it? If you are uh, in England, then you want to know that your MPs represent you in England are voting on matters which only affect England. There's no reason why, with all of these additional powers, going to Scotland. Uh, Scottish MPs should be telling us what happens with health and education and other matters and not the same the other way around. In sport, Chelsea remained top of the Premier League table after a one-all draw against Man City. Leicester City came from 3-1 down to beat Manchester United 5-3. And the weather will be fine and dry with sunny spells. Top temperatures around 18 degrees Celsius. That's 64 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Yeah, thanks. I've got to brain map it. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. With West End legend and proud Hitchin resident Kerry Ellis talking about her new album plus relationship advice from Katerina Jertsen. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From six. Three Counties Sport. With a look back at the weekend's action and taking a look at the grassroots sport across beds, hearts and bucks. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a voice that keeps on calling me Down the road is where I'll always be Every stop I make I make a new friend Can't stay for long Just turn around and I'm gone Until tomorrow, I'll just keep moving on Down this road that never seems to end When new adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel like that's old style Maybe tomorrow, I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow, the whole world is my own Tomorrow 
There's a world that's waiting to unfold A brand new tale no one has ever told We've journeyed far but I know it won't be long We're almost there and we've paid our fare with a hobo song Maybe tomorrow I wanna settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on So if you wanna join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's hobo style We're not playing that because I've turned up late. Don't sing that for one second. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly Betts is there. Morning, Kelly. Hello. Catherine Boyle, unfortunately, is there. Yep. Morning, Catherine. Hello. Here we go. She's wearing the Velma dress, <laughs> but she will not put on the glasses. Why? Since you pointed it out, well, she's not the one I wanted to be out, Scooby-Doo. You look remarkably like her. You're wearing the orange dress. She was a hot... No, like bookish yeah. character. Zinkies. Lots <laughs> yeah. coming up on the show today, including more bad press for PCCs, MK Dad battles for his boy, and market trader pulls one out in public. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. That's a telephone number, by the way. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, police and crime commissioners, we've uh, they've been in the news a lot recently and Labour is threatening to scrap them and put the money back into frontline policing. The election promise comes amid more negative press for PCCs. On Friday, it emerged that Bedfordshire's former deputy commissioner lost her job after interfering with an attempted murder trial. Joined now by our political reporter, Paul Scoynes. Paul, we uh, we spoke to Ollie Martins about this. He refused to speak about it uh, last week. What do we know? Well, Ian, we found this out on Friday. Thanks, Paul. 08459 455 555. Are you there, Paul? Have we lost you? There we go. You see, this is the new technology. And uh, Justin Dealey, in particular, is uh, reluctant to use the new technology. I think we understand why. Paul, we've got you back now. Sorry about that. What, what do we know? Ian, this relates to something uh, that we discovered on Friday. It came about from a trial of, of uh, two men earlier this year. And, and they're now serving life sentences uh, for the attack on Atif Ali, who was, uh, who was a, I think he was an accountant, and he was uh, basically shot in the leg. Uh, uh, and that was arranged because one of them wanted to be with Atif's fiance. Now, this is all sort of roundabout, but basically we know that during that trial, the Formula Deputy uh, Police and Crime Commissioner, Tafin Sharif, tried to use her position as the Deputy Police and Crime Commissioner to influence favour towards one of those key witnesses. Now, that was Atif Ali's fiance, Nazim Dad, who just happens to be the former Deputy PCC's cousin. And according to reports over the weekend, that almost wrecked the trial. Now, the police and court staff complained about that behaviour, and, uh, and after... Ollie Martins, the police commissioner, was told about this. Uh, He met with her and decided that her position was untenable and she stepped down. So that was what he wasn't telling you or or couldn't tell you. He said it was in the middle of the trial uh, and the commissioner at the time was saying that... um, 
and you know he couldn't say anything and and it would come out in the fullness of time that was because there were basically ongoing legal proceedings that could have been even further uh, affected by this uh, news coming out so that's what he was holding back and uh, i'm told now that the matter has been passed to the quote relevant authorities uh, which i think is the uh, police and crime panel though they can do a few things Ian. they can either decide to do nothing uh, and sort of reprimand her just within the group as indeed they did with Ollie Martins at the beginning or they can refer that matter on to the Independent Police Complaints Commission but I don't think they've been told about it just yet. She remains a councillor on Luton Borough Council, does she? Yeah, that's right. She's a councillor uh, for the Dallow Ward. Uh, there, there was a bit of uh, controversy earlier this year as well because she wasn't re-selected to stand for that ward despite being expected to be and that led to claims that there was this culture of so-called membership packing uh, within the Labour Party and those claims were investigated they were found to be not proven. She, she did actually join the Police and Crime Commissioner team at the beginning of 2013 on her declaration for me and it's, it puts her work as, as a legal person at one of the uh, town's uh, you know, law practi- practices so you'd expect somebody would know just what uh, damage potentially going and trying to influence a trial would be uh would have i should say and and you know she was a a a go-getter if you like she was named young council of the year in 2012 and we've made a number of attempts to uh, talk to Ms. sharif since he left that role in july and um unsuccessfully although i did get a text message from her on friday saying that she can't talk at the moment because the process is ongoing and she hopes to do so soon so we will i'm sure we'll hear from her in the fullness of time but we can't talk to her at the moment because indeed it's now under investigation. In regards to uh, the future of police and crime commissioners we know that Nick Clegg isn't a fan uh, and now Labour have come out and and, uh, what, what have they said? Yeah, that's right. I mean, in the Sunday Times yesterday, the Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper was saying that the, 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 the reform of the police commissioners just hasn't worked. She said it's fundamentally flawed uh, and was complaining that the government spent £80 million on those original elections. Uh, and indeed, you know, with turnout of 15%, you could wonder why they bothered. And, you know, indeed, she says it's going to cost another £50 million to hold the next elections. So that's a lot of money that she says you could actually spend on frontline policing. So what that's uh, what they're saying is they're going to get rid of those and and in, instead put some sort of um, power back into the local uh, community. But it says here uh, in in the article that she would give local residents a legal guarantee so they could help decide policies in their area, including possibly the number of officers on the beat. Now you're going to be talking to uh, a former chief constable of one of our police forces after seven, and I wonder whether or not he would have a view about that idea whether or not you know it's it's right that people you know you and i for example decide on the number of uh, police officers on the beat it feels like maybe it might be a bit of a popular i'm worried paul with all this talk of devolution and um english parliament and scott we're getting too many um powers i don't want powers this is why i elect mps this is why i go to the ballot box and put an x by someone's name that i've never met because i want them to have the powers and make the choice Indeed. And that is, uh, I mean, absolutely the fundamental reason why we vote is to put the responsibility onto other people. But, um, you know, when people are asked what they want, often it's a greater saying things, uh, which is the answer that comes back. And 
and that has been a trend you know locally elected mayors locally elected police commissioners locally elected uh, this that and the other I, I, I do wonder you know if, if that indeed is the effect that we begin to feel that we're taking too much responsibility we're not quite at the stage of, uh, of Switzerland of course where they have almost a referendum on every decision that they uh, Those those crazy Swiss. Those those crazy crazy Swiss. Swiss Paul, thank you very much indeed. Simple question to you, dear listener. Do you want more or less power? Less for me, please. Checking on the speed sensors, the major routes look to be moving rather well. Not seeing any major problems or delays on the M1 or the A1M. Expect some delays on the M25 between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 27, the M11, where those major roadworks are continuing. Also on the M40, there's a lane out at the moment, just a Junction 5 for Stoking Church, uh, due to some bridge maintenance work that's continuing. So far on the trains, everything seems to be running rather well. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Morning, 6.17. It's Monday the 22nd of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged the Deputy Commissioner of Bedfordshire's, uh, Bedfordshire Police was forced to resign after, after she tried to interfere with a trial. The casualty department at the QE2 hospital in Welling Garden City is to close in nine days' time. And Labour says it will reduce the rise of child benefit payments if they win the next election. The weather? Uh... BBC's Three Counties Radio. 
sport. Sport. With the second round victory still very fresh in the memory. And baby is in here! And scores! 4-0 MK Dons! MK Dons now have the chance to reach the fourth round for the first time in their history. Perfect still evening in front of the floodlights of Stadium MK. This would be the perfect script to go into the game. Standing in their way is a Bradford side who know exactly how to win at Stadium MK. Dave Martin had absolutely no chance and Bradford City are stunning MK dogs. We'll have all the build-up, the whole game live and then your reactions at the final whistle. The third round of the League Cup, MK Dons versus Bradford, tomorrow night from 7 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah! Oh. Thou shall pay bills. Me places I ain't never been, but now you're getting comfortable. Ain't doing those things you did no more. You're slowly making me pay for things your money should be handling. And now you have to use my car, drive it all day and don't fill up the tank. And you have the audacity to even come and step to me, ask to hold some money from me until you get your check next week. You trifling, good for nothing type of brother. Silly me, why haven't I found another? A baller, when times get hard, needs someone to help me out. Instead of a scrub like you who don't know what a man's about. Perpetrating to your friends like you be falling And then you lose my cell phone Calling whoever that you think at home And then when the bill comes all of a sudden You'll be acting dumb Don't know when none of these calls come on Your mom's number's here more than once You're trifling Good for nothing type of brother Silly me Why haven't I found another A baller When times get hard Need someone to help me out Instead of a scrub like you who don't know what a man's about Pay the bills, keep paying my telephone bills Pay my bills, I don't think you do So you and me are through Can you pay my bills, keep paying my Try for me. 
you in the face. What? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number, should you wish to give us uh, a call today. It's kind of that Monday morning feeling, isn't it, really? Where we're kind of just easing ourselves. Do you know what I mean, Kelly? It, f- it feels like a proper Monday. Primarily, I would imagine, because it is a proper Monday. It is a Monday, It is sure. definitely a Monday, and it just feels like we're kind of easing ourselves into the week, doesn't it? That's sometimes a nice thing to do. It's, it's, sometimes you can't fight it. Sometimes yeah. you just have to go with it. Yep. Well, thanks for that. No, thanks. No, not many people talk to me, so it's uh, nice that you... I mean, I know you're contractually obliged to, but I I still appreciate it. Well, sometimes when I do talk to you, I get the feeling that you're not really... So, 08459 455 555, another person who's contractually obliged to talk to me is... um, um, A... Ah! Oh! 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 Ah! It's written on the paper. Catherine Boyle. Yes. Thanks for joining me in the studio. Now, we're going to look at the papers in a little bit, but before that big story that was, uh, well, possibly snuck out over the weekend, the A&E department at Wellings QE2 Hospital will close in just nine days' time. From October the 1st, it'll become an urgent care centre, treating minor illnesses and injuries, but transferring more serious cases to the Lister Hospital in Stevenage. Uh, Catherine has been looking into this. It's come a little bit out of the blue, it would seem. Well, it has. It's been a slow burner. It's been bobbling away since 2007 when the decision was made to transfer emergency services from the QE2 in well into the Lister Hospital in Stevenage. And back then we spoke to a group called Hospital SOS Task Force who told us they were devastated. Since then, it's been very, very quiet. But behind the scenes there's been a slow transfer of services from Wellin to the Lister and now the changes seem to be coming to completion very short notice though and the fact that they didn't send the press release till half six on a Friday night suggests, perhaps unfairly that they were trying to sneak this one out It's an old public uh, relations department trick to send out something uh, at close of play on the Friday If it's something very important like this it's very odd to do it then when you know that half the team have gone home. This new department what is it? The hospital says the urgent care centre will treat most patients who would have come to A&E in, in the past, so that will be open 24 hours a day, no appointment necessary. The difference comes, though, when an illness or injury is considered to be more serious and those patients will be transferred to the Lister Hospital in Stevenage or not taken to the QE2 in the first place. Now, according to the chair of the East and North Hearts Clinical Commissioning Group, Dr Harry Pathman-Athen, patient survival and recovery rates are much better if they are treated by doctors who treat uh, lots of critically ill patients every day rather than just one or two a week. The advice for patients? Well, this is the advice in the press release, and this is the way they've phrased it. Right. It it does sound a little... Well, you decide. From October the 1st, anyone who thinks they are having a heart attack, stroke, or any other serious life-threatening condition should call 999. Oh, my goodness. That's the advice they're giving? It does sound a little... They'll be taken straight to the Lister Hospital. If someone goes to the QE2 after October the 1st who is seriously ill or becomes ill during their visit, staff at the urgent care centre will arrange for an ambulance to transfer them to an emergency department and will treat them until the ambulance arrive. So th- that's what they can't trick. Don't forget, guys, that number. That number once again, Catherine, they should call. 999. Thank you. may you. have heard of it. Yes. Uh, that's what they can't treat. 
What can they take care of? Strains, brains, sudden back or neck pain, tendonitis and soft tissue injuries. Well, it sounded like a really bizarre poem. Suspected fractures and broken bones, bites, stings, cuts, bruises and grazes, burns and scolds, foreign bodies that are stuck in ears or noses, just ears and noses, mind you. Yeah. Wowzers. Minor eye injuries, minor head injuries, minor illnesses which would normally be treated by a GP but which can't wait until your GP practice is next open. And just one more time, Catherine, that telephone number, if anybody is uh, suffering from a heart attack, stroke or any other serious life-threatening condition, who should they call? 999. Thanks very much. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome today to the wonderful world of you. <laughs> now, check it. You have two options. You can eat it or throw it away. When you're working hard and doing well People hate you, yeah Buying nothing less but the best for yourself And they really hate you, yeah They gotta live for you and no one else Don't let them make you feel like you're not being real Just live how you wanna live You gotta do for you Dig that Yeah, work hard, play hard Dig that And do what you wanna do Dig that Just pop the collar, don't like hey. what people say Yo. You're perfect, say that's like I sound insane. You can eat it, I throw it away. Yeah, just mad, you should follow me in my tracks. So I think you dig that.
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, so far this morning, uh, checking on the speed sensors, and it seems to be moving rather well on the M1 and the M25 and the A1M, not seeing any major problems or delays. In Bricketwood, it is starting to build up now on the North Orbital Road, just at Junction 21A for the M25. The A414 in Park Street, a little bit slower around the Park Street roundabout, but so far this morning, uh, checking on the departure boards, everything seems to be running well across the three counties. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and... Bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Six, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, Labour is threatening to scrap police and crime commissioners and put the money back into frontline policing. It comes just days after it emerged that Bedfordshire's former deputy commissioner lost her job after interfering with an attempted murder trial. The casualty department at the QE2 hospital in Welling Garden City is to close in nine days' time. It'll be replaced by an urgent care centre treating minor injuries instead. And Hertfordshire police have named a man who died in a car crash at Stapleford as 24-year-old Michael Heaster from Hartford. The accident took place between two cars on the A119 yesterday. The weather will be fine and dry with sunny spells. Top temperatures around 18 degrees Celsius at 64 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chelsea remained top of the Premier League table after a one-all draw against Man City. Leicester City came from 3-1 down to beat Manchester United 5-3 at the King Power Stadium. Jamie Vardy was one of Leicester's goal scorers and says it was a tremendous win. Uh, brilliant. I mean, obviously, good team performance and we know that we can create chances against anyone. And we had three strikers on the pitch. So if we get the chances which we know we can create, we know that we're going to have decent opportunities on goal. And today they've all managed to go in and it's got us the three points. Watford will check on the fitness of defender Gabriel Tamas after he was injured in the one-all draw with Bournemouth. MK Dons midfielder Deli Alley boosted his status with a hat-trick in the 6-1 win over Crewe. The Dons are up to second in League One. Luton Town kept another clean sheet, beating Cambridge 1-0, and there were draws for Wickham and Stevenage. In Formula One, Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton won the Singapore Grand Prix to take a three-point lead in the Drivers' Championship, beating the Red Bulls of Sebastian Vettel and Daniel Ricciardo. Hamilton has edged ahead of his Mercedes teammate Nico Rosberg, who failed to finish the race. James Allen describes the closing stages. Final corner, he sweeps left underneath our commentary position. Lewis Hamilton, there is the chequered flag for Lewis Hamilton. It's a massive, massive win for the Briton. He moves into the lead of the World Championship. Fireworks go off around this Singapore circuit. It's win number seven of the season for Lewis Hamilton. And Bedford's Paula Radcliffe marked her return to action with a third place in the Worcester City 10K. She was using the event to ease back into racing before finishing her career at next year's London Marathon. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at seven o'clock. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ready? Yeah. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine Boyle has uh, joined me in my studio. Yes. Um, and we are now going to look through the newspapers, so you don't have to. But you might like to. Yeah. Although there's not a lot in them today. By the way, the front page of The Sun, uh, they have an exclusive. I... Inside Islamic State terror camps. So terrifying things happen there, right? 
including birds beheaded for kill practice. Now, I would say in the great scheme of things, considering just how naughty Islamic State are and how thoroughly unpleasant, them beheading birds... And then the second thing that happens, non-Muslim women are raped. Oh, I saw Priorities. Let's get those, uh, that list again. According to Importance on the Sun, birds beheaded for kill practice, non-Muslim women are raped. There we go, you see. Well, Crikey. Done. well done, guys. Aren't they thoroughly unpleasant? Um, oh, here we go. Hunt. Hunt after leg found. Now, how does this happen, right? A major police search got underway yesterday after a dog walker stumbled across a human leg. Oh. Officers don't know how long the limb had been behind Healy Conservative Club in Rochdale or if it's from a man or a woman. Inquiries are ongoing to try to establish to whom the leg belongs. Excellent sentence. I like the word whom. Don't quite know when to use it. I'm assuming they've used it correctly there. How can, a, how can you lose a leg? How can a leg be found and no one's gone... You know, no one's reported it missing. No. Surely the first port of call will be the local hospital. There's someone come in, minus leg. Yeah. You'd notice. You would notice that, wouldn't you? Mm. And you, you, you yourself would notice yeah, if you say. were a leg down. Yeah. If you had one leg too few. 08459 four double five five zero five. We can link up the owner with the uh, the leg there. Course, Went out we... to the Conservative Club, came back. Yeah. One of course, it, it could be actually quite a, a, a macabre yeah, it could be, scenario that's it, unfolded there. Yeah, so, they, there um, could be more to be found. Yeah. What you got, Catherine? Teachers are wasting valuable lesson time dealing with pupils playing with their mobile phones. A report has found... A report was commissioned into this. Now, I could have guessed this. Why are kids allowed to take mobile phones to school? I don't think they are, but I think, like you and like many of the population, they like a fiddle... With a mobile phone under the desk when they're not supposed to have it. Uh, there are also children swinging on chairs, making silly comments to get attention and passing notes. That's school! <laughs> yeah, and That's just school! And in our case, work. No, but I, I bet you are allowed to take mobile phones into school. They should have... Parents um, will complain if they don't because they can't keep tabs on their can't children. Can't keep touch on my little boy. I can't know what he's up to in maths. Well, forget that. In fact, one of the local schools where I live, um, the middle school... The children have been told they should have a mobile phone in their bags because they're supposed no. to be walking to and from school by no, themselves. No, ridiculous. Kids should not get a mobile phone until, what, they're 17? Till they can pay for it themselves. I, um, I bet teachers... Can we get a teacher on the line, please? Uh, because I bet they're not allowed to confiscate things anymore. Yeah, of course they are. I bet they're not. Because kids have got rights these days. Europe has probably empowered children so much that if I, if a teacher were to confiscate, I don't know, uh, a mobile phone or a catapult, that um, they would sue them. They would sue their asses off. Are you chewing? I bet they're not allowed to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I am. It's my human right. Yeah. But, but yeah, anyway. Share it with the class. No, I don't have to. It kills. You're right. You right? Hello. Yeah. Do you, want to, do you want to hear a story? Yeah, okay, please. Come again? Yes, please. Oh, no, no, not that story. Can I, I can read this story, can't I? It's the headline. <sighs> can I read this story? Well, I know you're going to. Dale, 37, suffers from 100 orgasms a day. Suffers. After slipping his disc. Disc. Desperate Dale Decker. Decker. Desperate Dale Decker has 100 orgasms each day, but does not enjoy a single one of them. The dad developed persistent genital arousal syndrome, PJAS, of course, 
two years ago when he slipped a disc in his back. It sounds like a nightmare journey to the hospital. Listen to this. It sounds awful. On his way to the hospital, he had five orgasms and has been given no respite from them since. Do they just happen then? So he's doing the washing up. Yes. And it's like, ooh. The painful pelvic episodes have left him housebound and isolated through fear of suffering a shuddering orgasm in public. Oh. Yeah, because people wouldn't like that. Dale, 37, has become the first victim of the condition to speak publicly. He said, and I quote, I don't know if this has actually happened or if this is his, his nightmare scenario, OK, but this is what he says. Imagine being at your father's funeral beside his casket and you have nine orgasms. That's an extreme scenario. Just imagine that, guys. I mean, that would be awful. Having, be, having stood next to my father's casket at a funeral, I can think of nothing worse than, than actually... Um... Do you think he gets used to it, though? Well, uh, doesn't sound very happy about it. He doesn't sound very happy about it at all. He, he continues. If you're in public... If you're in front of your kids, it's disgusting and it can break you real fast. I was in line at the grocery store once, and as I got to the front, I dropped to my knees and had an orgasm. Oh, gosh. Maybe bring me sunshine, not the uh, proper music. Despite Dale's condition, the couple rarely have sex. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, 100 of those bad boys a day. Gosh, I'm lucky. No. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Catherine. Rihanna's nude photos hacked. What? (laughs) Yes, she sometimes gets naked in private. That's the shocker. Rihanna and Kim Kardashian are believed to be the latest victims of hackers who've stolen nude celebrity photos and posted them online. Unbelievable. Now, mm, is there any bit of those women we haven't seen yet? Yeah, there's that bit. There, probably that bit. I've seen that. I doubt they're doing that. Why, don't Why are they putting these things in the cloud anyway? Those women have always got their kits off. Mm. So what's the point about them? Do you know what the shocker would be? Yeah. Rihanna and Kim Kardashian are believed to be the latest victims of hackers who have stolen clothed celebrity photos. <laughs> I knew where you were going. Online. It was still wonderful. <laughs> up up the feeling, this is real feeling. Boy, I didn't know you cared. Must have been up on the weekend in the club. Boy, I could see you stare You were looking right at me, looking right back We knew there was something there And I know you knew that if we did do this It would be an affair Cause my man at home Looking at the finger his ring goes on He got trust in me I'm gonna live with myself if I cheat Better be dumb, dicky dicky dum dumb The dumb one, none, the one know it be fun to get some Gotta run now, gotta go, gotta get home Cause my baby boy's on it Baby boy's on it. 
of a gentleman called David, David Gandhi, Gandhi in his pants. Well, I can't, no, because he's everywhere at the moment and it's terribly sexist and I just have to keep checking that they're still being sexist and... Yes, yes, they are. For goodness sakes, woman. Well, uh, the sun... Um, let's move on to something... Apparently they're bit... engineered, these pants. Let's move up on to it. Engineered. Let's move on to something slightly mature and less sexist. Scientists say the perfect boob is all to do with the nipple meridian. <laughs> this is science, mate. The nipple meridian. The amount of breast above and below the areola. <laughs> Kelly Brook has the perfect boobs, and that's a scientific fact. That's, a, that's actually a sentence in a newspaper, in Britain's biggest-selling newspaper. Can you imagine the research scientist trying to sell this one to his backers? Right, what I want to do is uh, look at boobs. She has 45% of breast above and 55% below the nipple meridian. And her nipples point up at an angle of 20 degrees. Go and find a cure for cancer, guys. People who aren't dying of cancer. Hey, you know the Ebola thing? Go and look into that for crying out loud. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola? Yeah? Ah, now, we mentioned that there may be a little bit of competition. Oh, yeah, you did. Ian on the M1, you see. Yeah, yeah. Ian... Hello, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. You're up for uh, Nicola's slot, aren't you? Uh, but, well, I wouldn't put it like that, but yeah, it'd be interesting. Have, yeah. You, have you got any travel news for us now? Um, well, the M1, currently, just north of Milton Keynes, is running fine southbound and northbound. That was fantastic. It, it, it was pretty thank darn you. good, Nicola. I mean, what, what have you got that can good. beat that? Ooh, um, I've got something on the M1. Go on, go on. Let's have a listen. Um, it's starting to build up yeah. between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and yeah. Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road yeah. due to those oh, no. major roadworks that are continuing, I know. Sorry, Ian, on. you're out. Carry on, Nicola. <laughs> and the M25 heading anti-clockwise. Very slow moving at the moment on the speed sensors between Junction 21 for the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Having a look so far in Park Street on the A414, building a little around the Park Street roundabout. And the M40, there's a lane closed um, just to Junction 5 for Stoke and Church due to that bridge maintenance work that's continuing. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Thank you, Ian. 6.46, it's uh, uh, Monday the 22nd of September. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged the Deputy Commissioner of Bedfordshire Police was forced to resign after trying to interfere with a trial. The casualty department at the QE2 hospital in Welling Garden City is to close in nine days' time. And Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton drove a car fast. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's a chilly start out there this morning. Just three degrees in one or two spots. That's low enough for some grass frost. And it means an autumnal feel to the weather first thing this morning. Having said that... We've still got enough power in the sunshine that uh, when you get the sun, it still feels pl- quite pleasantly warm. And we've got a dry, bright, if not sunny day ahead of us today with a top temperature of around 18 Celsius, 64 in Fahrenheit. Feeling quite pleasant with light winds. We will see an increase in cloud through the afternoon. It's fair weather cloud shouldn't spoil things. It'll melt away again through the evening. And so another dry, clear and cold night to come tonight. Again, temperatures well down in single figures, low enough again for a touch of grass frost. Tomorrow morning then, another chilly start, another dry, bright, and sunny day at times as we go through the day and temperatures up in the high teens once more. An increase in cloud later in the afternoon though and that will bring us a little bit of light and patchy rain as we go overnight into Wednesday and then from that point onwards looking dry and settled right across all three counties through the week. Temperatures by day up in the high teens. Go on, say it. I'm not saying it. Say it. What, the thing that came out of my bathroom the other day? Yeah. Wipe my majestic bum! You need to have words with your husband.
Where's what thing? That thing about the ladies, the ladies. We'll get to the ladies in a second. J-Dog, we'll come to you in a second. We were speaking about um, 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 children having telephones, portable uh, pocket telephones in schools. Mm. And I... I bet you're not even allowed to confiscate things off kids these days. Because well, they're right. Oh, we've got a, 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 an actual teacher in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Richard. Hello, good morning. Good morning, sir. Are you, uh, as a te- what, what age kids do you teach? Well, do, I teach in our primary. OK. Um, now, and are you allowed to confiscate things off of uh, children? Yes, um, it depends on the circumstance. Um, in the first place, when classes are in sessions, they're just not allowed to. You're not allowed to because the reason is that, you know, at that tender age, most of them have problems focusing on a task. Sorry? And it's even... What, what, what tender age? Like seven? Yeah, at that age, They yeah. can focus on a task. Not for long. Not for as long mm. as an, uh, an, or an older child. They should be able to. Yeah, they do, but what I'm saying is that they can't focus on it for a very long period of time, yeah. you understand? So you need, at that point, they need that full attention, yeah. you understand? And if um, they are supposed to do that in class, then obviously it's going to affect the sort of work we do. Um, one other thing is that most of the children have um, varying health conditions. For example, if you have a dyslexic child in the class, and, and and you know that that um, condition has a massive characteristic of yeah. being able to unable to focus on a particular task. You understand? So just imagine um, a, chi- um, a kid with that problem um, doing that in class. Then virtually, Hang the on. class will not but you, be. But school. you've just said you said something very interesting, there, Richard. You said most kids have problems like these. Um, I mean, kids who have problems. Okay, but what like percentage of the class would you say have problems? We can't just come out, well, but roughly, you, you, where I teach, I'll give it out maybe 10%. Some of them are just naughty, though, aren't they? Of course, of course. Kids will always be kids. (laughs) If a kid comes in with a mobile telephone, can you take it off them and put it in your drawer until the end of the day? Oh, sure, definitely. You'll do that because um, it's going to affect the work Get for the there. day and the kids' work as well. Richard, thank you very much indeed. There you go, you see. Don't Ke- mess with Mr. Richard. Don't mess with Mr. Richard. Kelly? Bets? Give me that telephone now, Bets. No, it's mine. Give it to me now. No. Give it. Give me the telephone now. No, it's mine. Give me the phone, Bets. No. No. Oh, oh. no. I, would, I would never be any good as a teacher. No, I think... You try it, you try it, you try it. Kelly? Yeah? Can I just see you a moment, please? Oh... Now, this phone is putting you off your work. I'm going to keep it here, take it, and I'll give it back when you can tell me why you need it in 500 words. Okay, miss. Sorry, miss. Miss Boyle, Mm. give me the phone. Jog on. Give me the phone, Miss Boyle. (laughs) Give me the phone, Miss Boyle! Justin. Morning, Princess. Give me the phone. No. Someone give me a phone! No! Please! No. You're right. What you need to do is drop your tone... And be commanding. Not shrill. Give me the brilliant phone. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Justin. Yes, but... We thought today we'd have a bit of this. Oh, yeah. All the ladies in the house. The ladies, the ladies. The Ladies' Perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts yeah. and bucks. Yeah. We're, we're, the, ladies, the, the ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. He's finished. 
<laughs> so, on the ladies' perspective today, are you up for it? Yeah, yeah, well up for it. Uh, Catherine, you, you explain. Oh, you've got it there. You explain this story. That, this is uh, according to the Daily Mail today. Women spend ten years, e- ten days a year, yeah. in a grumpy mood. Only ten? Yeah, you go. But men say it seems rather more than that. <laughs> if the woman in your life seems a little cross this morning, don't despair, or ask her if she's all right. Maybe she's miserable living with you. Only nine more miserable days to go. It's just a way of ignoring women's feelings, this study. No, it's not. According to a study, the average woman spends the equivalent of ten days every year in a bad mood. Feeling fat, money worries, partners who don't listen, there we go, and bad weather were among the most common triggers. Other key problems included feeling undervalued and having too much to do. Right. So, Justin, yeah. women spending ten days a year in a grumpy mood, can you take that to the streets? Yeah, but it's wrong anyway. What? Well, we all know it's not ten days. Go on. Oh, probably more like, I don't know, what, six months of the year? Six months? Yeah. How many days are there in a year, Just? Um, I don't know. You tell me. Sorry? I don't know. Days in a year. Hundred? No. <laughs> Try three hundred and... No, don't, don't tell him. I tell you what, Justin. Four hundred? Oh. It's closer. Three hundred and fifty-something? I tell you what, Justin. Yes, boss. Let's do two voxes today. Yep. One is, do women spend ten days a year in a grumpy mood? Mm-hmm. And the other is, ask people how many days there are in the year. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Yeah. We all done? Yeah. Lovely. Wow. The Lady's Perspective with J-Dog. Edit. Across Bed's Heart. I'm so speechless by that. That's why he thinks it's more than, than six months that women are in a mood. He just, he just He's got, got no idea. <laughs> Should we have a couple of minutes of Skilo? Yeah, go on. We'll squeeze it in. <laughs> Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six form father. I wish I was like six foot nine so I could get with Leoshi because she don't know me, but yo, she's really fine. You know, I see her all the time everywhere I go and even in my dreams I can scheme a way to make her mine because I know she's living fat. Her boyfriend's tall and he plays ball, so how am I going to compete with that? Because when it comes to playing basketball, I'm always last to be picked and in some cases never picked at all. So I just lean up on the wall or sit up in the bleachers with the rest of the girls who came to watch they man ball. Dad, y'all, I never understood black weather jocks get the fly girls and me, I get the hood rats. I tell them scat, skittles, kebabble. Got hit with a bottle and in the hospital for dark and that mess. I confess it's a shame when you living in a city that's the size of a box and nobody knows your name. Glad I came to my senses like quick, quick, got sick, sick to my stomach. Overcoming my thoughts of me and her together, right? So when I asked out, she said I wasn't a type. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl with a good, I would call her. I wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-point ball. I wish I had a... I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That's all the time we have for Skilo this morning. Go, your wife gets laughed at. May I recommend you go under, onto YouTube and look for a mashup of Skilo versus the Beatles? Oh, really? Oh, it's a doozy, guys. 
travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1, heading southbound on the speed sensor this morning, starting to look very heavy at the moment between Junction 12 for Flittick and Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. Also on the M1, it's building between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, slow moving between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Also anti-clockwise, looking rather heavy between Junction 17 at Maple Cross and Junction 16 for the M40. In Boreham Wood on the Barnet Bypass, that's looking heavy on camera, heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. So... Justin Dealey doesn't know how many days there are in the year. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely concerned by that revelation. Aren't you? Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Lee Acknew. The headlines concern about police commissioners after Bedfordshire deputy interferes with trial. Casualty department in Welling Garden City to close next week and a 24-year-old man dies in a Hertfordshire car crash. BBC Three Counties Radio. Labour is threatening to scrap police and crime commissioners and put the money back into frontline policing. The election promise comes amid more negative press for commissioners. It's emerged that Bedfordshire's former deputy commissioner lost her job after interfering with an attempted murder trial. Our political reporter Paul Scoynes has the details. It's now understood that Tafine Sharif trying to get reporting restrictions added to the Atty Valley attempted murder trial, which nearly wrecked the case, according to reports. Sharif, who stepped down from the role in July after her actions reported to the Police and Crime Commissioner Ollie Martins, was trying to protect her cousin, Atif Ali's fiance. Ollie Martins described her position as untenable and she left the day after he was informed. She's not commented publicly and will not do so until the case is concluded. The accident and emergency department at the QE2 hospital in Welling Garden City is to close in nine days' time. The decision was made seven years ago to merge it with the Lister Hospital in Stevenage. It'll be replaced by an urgent care centre instead, as Gail Sanderson reports. From October the 1st, people with minor injuries and illnesses can get treatment at the urgent care centre 24 hours a day. Anyone with a serious, life-threatening medical emergency, like a stroke or a heart attack, is advised to die. 999 and they will be taken by ambulance to a newly expanded A&E at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage instead. Next year the urgent care centre will move into a new £30 million QE2 hospital which is being built on the existing site. Hertfordshire Police have named a man who died in car crash at Stapleford as 24-year-old Michael Heaster from Hartford. The accident took place between two cars on the A119 yesterday. The woman driver of the other car has been treated in hospital for injuries. The Shadow Chancellor Ed Balls will announce today he intends to keep child benefit payment rises below inflation if they win the next election. He'll tell his party conference that Labour needs to prove it can balance the books. Claire Pay from the campaign group Mothers at Home Matter says a cut would be felt by families. More and more families are having to go out, both parents are having to go out to work, pay child carers to look after their children instead of caring for them themselves just so that they can um, contribute to the government's tax coffers because many people who go out to work, particularly mothers, are not covering much more than the childcare. 
In sport, Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton won the Singapore Grand Prix to take a three-point lead in the Drivers' Championship, beating the Red Bulls of Sebastian Vettel and Daniel Ricciardo. And the weather will be fine and dry today with sunny spells. Top temperatures around 18 degrees Celsius. That's 64 degrees Fahrenheit. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I love Love to go down the lake, have a little walk around. Exploring where you live. It's friendly. To me, it feels like a giant village. All this week, we're exploring St Albans. A bit of history here and there, nice green areas. St Albans has always been a market town. It's the best kept secret in Hertfordshire. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. The giant village, you say? Just psyching up for my battle at me versus Alan Titchmarsh and Nick Ferrari later on today. Ay, ay, ay. Wow, that's going to be manly. It's going to, well, it's me and Susie Dent from uh, Dictionary Corner, Countdown Programme, versus Nick Ferrari and Alan Titchmarsh. Look, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's on the telly. What? No, it's, a, it's in the, the car park around the back of uh, the ITV studios. Wow, someone should film it. Yeah, yeah, they should. Lots coming up on the show today, including more bad press for PCCs, MK Dad battles for his boy, a market trader pulls one out in public. Oh, dear. And do you know how many days of the year there are? My roving reporter, Justin Dealey, doesn't know. Or indeed care. Yeah. He really didn't... He seemed almost proud of his lack yeah. of basic general knowledge. I don't know. 100. <laughs> and then he stretched to 400. 400. 350-something. Ay, ay, ay. 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. And I uh, really think we're keeping it real this morning. Police and crime commissioners will be axed if Labour win the next election with the money put back into frontline policing. I'd love your thoughts on this. Have you been uh, moved? Have you been touched? Have you been excited by the police and crime commissioners? Money well spent. We have two of ours pop in regularly. David Lloyd, Ollie Martins. The other fella, the uh, Thames, Anthony Stamfeld, doesn't, um, doesn't, um, well, doesn't. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on them. Do you think they are a waste of money or a blooming good service? 08459 455 555. Ed Miliband's election promise comes just days after it emerged that the Deputy Commissioner of Bedfordshire interfered with an attempted murder trial. Tafin Sharif lost her job last month. The reasons have been kept secret until now. If you uh, remember, we had Ollie Martins in last week and uh, he refused to tell us any more. Our political reporter Paul Scoynes has been following this story and joins me now. Paul, what more do we know about this? Well, we know now why she did step down and it was because she tried to have details in, a, in an attempted murder uh, trial covered up because one of the, uh, the witnesses who was going to give uh, details, which was, uh, she felt a little bit embarrassing, it was that, you know, she was having, uh, in, a, in the midst of a love triangle, 
um, was going to come out in the trial and she tried to put in reporting restrictions and used her position as Deputy Police and Crime Commissioner at the time to try and uh, influence that and um, the police and court officials didn't like that, they complained um, and indeed felt that it was potentially putting the trial at risk which of course would mean you know that uh, two men who were then later convicted of attempted murder would would not have gone to uh, to full trial and um and the police commissioner Ollie Martins was told about this and and uh, hauled her in and it was decided that her position was untenable and she had to leave have so we that, learned any more about this over the weekend paul but just a few more details about uh, the fact that uh, the, the the woman was her actually her cousin um uh, the the woman the, the fiance in the in the trial was her cousin um and uh, there's a report in the mail i mean you know but uh, there's a report in the mail that says uh, that when they tried to speak to Ms. Sharif at her home uh, over the weekend, uh, they were accosted by members of her family, chased down the road, and um, uh, and at one point somebody tried to swallow the reporter's notepad. Um, but um, yeah, no, aside from that, that's what we've been told. We know that the Gosh. Oh, yeah, the, the 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 process has now been passed to the police and crime panel, um, who will either decide to do nothing and reprimand her. Obviously, she's not in the role anymore, uh, or they might pass it on to another authority, which could be the Independent Police Complaints Commission. Those are the options open to them, who then may decide whether or not they would start an investigation rather like they did with Ollie Martins, although Ollie Martins is at pains to stress that this case has nothing to do with his and is indeed nothing of the sort. He was cleared by the uh, CPS and they did not uh, decide to, to press any charges in the case that he had about passing information on. She, uh, uh, Tuffin Sharif remains a councillor on Luton Borough Council. Yep, she's a she's a councillor for the time being until the next election. She um, was not selected to stand again for her seat, which led to uh, an inquiry about so-called membership packing, where uh, certain people were packing up the membership with uh, members of their own families and um, uh, and getting you know basically them to vote for who they wanted to be the councillor. And indeed, she wasn't that person. So uh, there was a, an inquiry into that that was found not to be happening, or at least not to be proven. Um, but she is still a councillor for the time being. She was a young councillor of the year, indeed, a couple of years ago. And she did used to work, indeed, I think she may still do, but um, she, she had listed on her, uh, her sort of mem- interests a, a job at a, li- a law partnership. So you would think that she'd know a bit better than she did. Labour have um, uh, announced plans to scrap police and crime commissioners if they get into power in 2015. What, tell us more about that. Yeah, Labour were never fans of the police commissioner role and indeed uh, were sort of making uh, those sorts of noises at the time of the elections. Indeed, Dolly Martins, when he was standing for elections, was saying that he wouldn't uh, really have wanted this role. He, he didn't agree with it. But uh, since elected, they've all been saying, you know, well, at least they're more accountable than the old police authorities were. Well, I'm not sure about that. But anyway, at least they are democratically accountable in this case. But um, they would like to get rid of them. They say that they're very expensive. £80 million cost of the last election. The next one likely to cost uh, £50 million. What they'd like to see is them replaced with a locally accountable uh, body in some way, maybe a police authority, uh, who would have powers to be able to listen to the public and to perhaps even set targets for street policing levels, so the number of bodies on the beat uh, made uh, by the public, which seems an unusual way of doing things, but perhaps might be popular. I don't know. 
Paul, we'll take that um, as a hint that you haven't paid your bill and uh, you need to go off and uh, top up your credit. But thank you very much, Paul Scoynes. Uh, Listening to that is Peter Nehru, the former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police, who is also an advisor to Labour. Peter, I would imagine, as an advisor to Labour, you're not a fan of uh, police and crime commissioners. Is that right? Correct. I never have been. Tell me why. Uh, Well... You have to go back to the reasons why the why the post was created. They were created because the previous model was uh, described as unaccountable and uh, and invisible, uh, and and the and the idea was that the the new post would create greater direct accountability. Well, okay, the new post isn't invisible, but it's visible for exactly the wrong reasons because we've had a whole series of of problems with both uh, commissioners and in particular the South Yorkshire commissioner and and those that they've appointed uh, those sort of problems we you know were anticipated by those of us who, who thought this was a flawed model uh, but there are you know there are a whole series of of other issues about a single person representing areas as diverse as uh, as Thames Valley uh, and I think in your opening piece you really put it I mean Stansfeld, who who has made it quite clear he doesn't want to stand again, uh, doesn't come and talk on local radio, which you know is a vital form of accountability and exposure, uh, and seems to me to be entirely inappropriate. Yeah, he's he's, ref- he's refused to come on. Several- he, he came on once to do a nice little puff piece about a campaign that he sort of put his name to. But but when there are issues, yeah. Ref- but saying that in contrast, David Lloyd and Ollie Martins, Beds and Hearts, we can't get rid of those guys. So they do come up, and they do no, no. they they do they are approachable. Yeah, I mean, there is, like, like all systems, uh, uh, individuals are capable of making just about anything work, but that doesn't mean the system's actually uh, well-designed and effective. Uh, and as, the, as Yvette Cooper pointed out uh, in, the, in the press releases at the weekend, it costs a lot to do, the, to do direct democracy, uh, a lot that could actually be being spent on the front, on the front line. It'll, it'll be another three to three and a half million pounds to elect a successor to Sean Wright, uh, up in up in South Yorkshire, and we've already spent 3.7 million in West Midlands to re- to, re- to replace the, uh, the the very sad death of uh, Bob Jones. Of, of Bob Jones, of course. But uh, and uh, for that election um, that happened a, a month or two ago, only 10 percent of the uh, electorate bothered Correct. to turn out. But the, the idea is a sound one, though, isn't it? If the public think that the person in charge is not doing a good job, they yeah. can boot them out and replace them with someone else. And, and they didn't have that option before. They didn't, but four years is an awful long time to wait uh, to boot someone out. Now, I mean, there are all sorts of proposals flying around about a right of recall, but we don't have a tradition of a right of recall uh, in this country. That's not something we're used to doing, but we are used to electing our local councillors. And and there's a second part, which is people are slightly missing. There's a focus uh, in this debate only on that top tier that would hold the chief constable to account. One of the critical parts, which comes from the Independent Commission on Policing's thinking, is that the, the place where policing happens, uh, and is critically happens for just about all of us, is actually right in our local authority, and that it's the local commander that really counts. And having that relationship between our local council, in my case West Oxfordshire, and the local commander, is, is the critical building block of the type of neighbourhood policing, which gives you the, the local cops that, uh, that count and the people that, that you have the relationship with locally. Peter, thank you for your time. Peter Nehru, the former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't want more power. 
I don't want more power. I want less power. People, all this talk of, of uh, Devo Max and uh, independence and, and uh, English people... And, and I don't... I don't want... I, this is why I go and vote once every four or five years, so they've got the power. You've got to do what you want to do. What about the big society, Ian? Oh, uh, What? You know, the I, bit where we do all the work so they don't have to. Uh, I, yeah, I know. I, I, I thought the big society was us going and helping out at old people's homes. Mm, kind of extended, didn't it? it well, it's, it's now extended to us having to decide where we put road signs and speed. I don't care. This is why we elect councillors <laughs> and uh, MPs so that they do those things. Don't, don't, don't try and palm me off, David Cameron. What do you reckon, Kels? Yeah. David Cameron is trying to palm me off. I, do you know, I think he's been trying to palm me off for ages. And I'm not buying into it. Don't. I'm not. I'm not giving it to him. Just don't give it. Don't give in. I'm not going to give it. I, listen, those guys have got the power. Deal with it. Stop trying to spread the power out. Independence for Yorkshire. Is that what they're after? Uh, some are, I think. Flipping it, man. Happen as some. Happen as some. See, you can do that because that's where you're from, isn't it? No, I'm not. You're up there, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but we're bitter rivals. Oh, really? Yeah. You didn't, you didn't like the Yorkshireman? War of the Roses in that. Oh, blimey, good film. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 looking rather heavy moving at the moment, heading southbound between Junction 12 for Flitwick and Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. Also heavy on the M1 um, between Junction 10 for Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving at the moment between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. Also rather heavy anti-clockwise between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. In Borehamwood, it is queuing at the moment on the barn bypass heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. I'm seeing some um, delays on Virgin trains um, out of London, Euston at the moment, so do check before travelling. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 7.16. It is Monday the 22nd of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged the Deputy Commissioner of Bedfordshire Police was forced to resign after trying to interfere with a trial. The casualty department at the QE2 hospital in Welling Garden City is to close in nine days' time. And Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton is best driver after winning a race. He done drive fast and stuff. Well done him. BBC Three Counties Radio. I have just had the most offensive sentence I've ever heard whispered in my ear. Thanks, team. BBC introducing... BBC introducing... BBC introducing across beds, hearts and bucks. This Thursday is BBC Introducing Day here on BBC Three Counties Radio. And to mark the occasion, we'll bring you the best local unsigned music throughout the day. What you waiting for? George Ezra, Indy and the Vegas, Natasha North, Jack Garrett, James Bay and Annie Eve. And from three, Roberto will be live from the Horn in St Albans to celebrate 40 years of this amazing live music venue. Have I been holding on too strong? BBC introducing Thursday here on BBC Three Counties. So, Robert, interesting. Okay, so the BBC introducing day on Thursday, great, great thing, Mm. right? We got a band coming in, I hope, Mm. which is great. Mm. Roberto got the horn, did he? He got. He's doing his show from the horn. Yes. 
I wanted the horn. On a Thursday? Yes! Stop talking crazy. I wanted the horn and Roberto's got the horn. Well, you can do it in your own time. Oh, man alive! If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Man alive. Still, it should be good. Always, always happy to support a bit of the bit, a bit of the BBC introducing. Yes. Did you have a nice weekend, Catherine? Yeah, I did. I'm just going to show you what I got. Oh, one of those wind-up torches. I'm guessing that's from a, a gift shop. Yeah. I'm guessing you've been somewhere. Yeah. National Space Centre, and I'm virtually an astronaut. Well, you say that. That torch isn't doing much. Hang on. I've got to wind it up first. Oh. Hey, LEDs. Let me find LEDs. Things. Let me find things in my handbag. The thing is, in gift centres, yeah. they all sell the same thing. They had big pencils. Yeah. Um, they had um, water bottles with the branding on. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. The glasses they had with the some funny spacesuits, straws. but the girls wouldn't go for them, and they didn't do them for adults. So. They wouldn't buy a spacesuit. No. Oh man. They were wicked. They were NASA spacesuits. Oh man, I would love a spacesuit. Yeah. If I had a spacesuit, you wouldn't be able to get me out of it. <laughs> this is the thing I envy about kids, right? Is kids can say they can get up, right, and as long as they're not going to school, say. Um, can I wear my Spider-Man outfit today? Yeah, yes, sure, why yes, not? Yes, you can. Can I be a pirate today? Yeah, sure, why not? And adults can't do that. So often you'll see the, spy- the Spider-Man lives near me. He's walking past my house all the time. My little girls are wellies and tutus kind of girls. Oh, man, isn't that wonderful? I wish I could be a wellies and tutu kind of girl. You could probably carry it off. Really? I think you could. I think I might get funny looks. You've got the feet for it. Oh. Uh, I, I do envy the fact that children can wear whatever they want. And they do their face like, yeah, I am wearing this. What? Uh, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm Buzz Lightyear. What's, what's your beef? What's your beef, guys? Oh, wait, 459 455 555. A Milton Keynes father is backing calls from the muscular dystrophy campaign to, re- to the, uh, the relaxation of rules surrounding drug licensing in the UK. Darren Devonish's five-year-old son, Oscar, suffers from Duchenne muscular dystrophy and he fears, fears red tape could prevent him and other children from getting the therapies they need. We can speak to Darren now. Morning, Darren. Morning. Uh, now, our, uh, our, my uh, two cousins have had uh, Duchenne uh, muscular dystrophy uh, and uh, this was, I mean, like 30, 30 35 years ago that they were diagnosed and were treated. I'm keen to, how do they diagnose it these days and what treatment is available for, for young children like your boy? Well, diagnosis is quite difficult. Um, in, in Oscar's case, our nursery staff um, picked up that his gross motor skills weren't developing as quickly as his peers and there was a couple of uh, tests done. Um, and then we referred to a clinic in, in Oxford. Uh, we were actually away on holiday at the time and then we found out we'd been... Um, referred instead in to Great Ormond Street and that kind of raised uh, alarm bells in our heads and, and then um, they did a number of tests at Great Ormond Street and, and ultimately found out um, Oscar was diagnosed with Duchenne's. Um, so in terms of treatment uh, there's very little uh, that, that they can do currently. Uh, there are drugs being licensed but for Oscar really the only thing he uh, can do is, is partial extension of his physical capabilities by giving him um, uh, steroids, which he's currently just started, and, and it has given him some increased mobility mm. and strength in his legs. So, so how how is his mobility at the moment? It, it, I'm assuming he's not up to, up to the same speed as a five year old. Um, you probably wouldn't be able to tell a significant difference. Right. Uh, you know, if he was doing a hundred metre race with his peers, yes, you would. But um, unless you're really looking for it, um, but it's probably over the next three to five years that we're going to see that sort of deterioration in his muscles. Um, when uh, as parents, when you 
you get told that, that, um, you know, your boy, who, you know, you love and you cherish, has got something like muscular dystrophy, how, how does that feel? Um, well, as you can imagine, as a father, your, your firstborn son's kind of, uh, you know, hopes, aspirations. Um, and that really, for, well, for, for weeks now, I was personally in pieces, uh, my wife was as well, um, and those all dreams and aspirations sort of disappear. Um, We'll never come to terms with it, but I think you realise that he has a future. It's just going to be a very different one. And, mm. you know, who's to say that's going to be um, any worse or better than his difference, uh, than his future without Duchenne. So, yeah. And if I ask anything that you don't want to answer, just tell me to jog on, Darren, because no, I, I know how sensitive it is, no, but I, I'm, just, I'm, yeah. I'm genuinely interested in how things yeah. have developed in the 30-odd years since my cousins were born. Mm. Uh, life expectancy, what, what is that now? Um, well, Oscar's somewhere between... So there's two, two common uh, muscular dystrophy con, uh, conditions, Duchenne's and Becker's. Um, some people have Becker's and, and go through life without even realising. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so uh, Duchenne can be very aggressive, sort of um, very early years, um, but Oscar's in between. So it, we won't really understand until we start to see signs of him deteriorating, um, and that will give us an indication then of, of the progression. But for Oscar, because um, it's muscle wasting, the, the, the muscles that Oscar, you know, as a, as a little boy needs most, his, his heart and lungs will be the last to go. Mm. These, um, these, the, the drug licensing in the UK and this campaign to, to relax the rules. Tell me more about this. Well, uh, Translana is, is a drug that's been recently licensed by the European Medi- Medicines Agency. Um, now, that won't actually help Oscar, but it, it, it's the technology that um, that medicine is based on that, that has potential to help Oscar, which is Exxon skipping. Um, what does that mean? Well, there is, for Duchenne's, there's a, a defect in the gene, which means the gene can't be read properly by the body and the protein dystrophine can't be generated. So this technology allows the, the deletion or mutation in that gene to be, to be skipped and the uh, dystrophine gene to be, to be, or more of it to be, to be produced or more accurately produced. Mm. Um, so the exons that are affected for, for this one aren't the same as Oscars, but it, it, I don't want the European Medicines Agency to go through, you know, another 10-year trial for uh, a drug that's based on on a very similar technology to Translana, because I'm sure the same company will be producing ones for different exon um, mm. deletions or mutations. It must be very frustrating seeing things that could uh, could eventually help your boy and help mm. other people now um, be held back because of things like this. Bureaucracy. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, with, with these sort of diseases, time is, is completely of the essence. Yeah. Um, and any any improvement we can get to the speed of those approvals plus um ensuring that the uk regulatory bodies like nice uh provide relevant funding and uh, patient databases and that sort of thing to support um the drug approval and then the fund ultimately the funding of that darren i wish you and oscar the very best of luck thank you thanks Ian. thanks very much for your time darren devonish talking about his uh, five-year-old son oscar uh, who's got muscular dystrophy Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Of course, adults can dress up in the privacy of their own homes. Yes. I've sent you a link that um, someone's just sent me. Uh, I, I like dressing up. 
not necessarily at home. I like to go out. What do you wear? Um, I have been Lily Monster. Oh. I have been the Wicked Queen from Snow White. Oh. I have been June Carter Cash. Oh. I've been a flamenco dancer. I've got uh, that outfit. Uh, Princess a, Leia. I've been sent... Oh. Uh, um, who has sent me this? Wonder Woman as well. I've done that one. Steve has sent me a link to, uh, to, to a newspaper article about a gentleman called Gimp Man. Oh, no, I've never done that one. I've sent you the pictures. It really is uh, quite I've remarkable. I've seen this. He's raising money and awareness, apparently. He's raising money and he's um, um, sparking a debate about stereotypes whilst wearing a, uh, a full one-piece rubber suit and mask. Does he unzip his mouth so you can talk to him? Or? <laughs> I've got no idea. Why he does that at all? I mean, I think I might. Well, Kath, where are you going dressed as these things? Usually, um, t- Little, littles pa- parties. Oh, parties. Oh. Sometimes just wandering the streets. Halloween. I never dress up. I don't. Do, I, I always don't... dress up for Halloween. Kids love it. What well, as what as June Carter Cash? No, that was for a party. That uh, no, the Wicked Queen from Snow White and the Wicked Witch of the West have done. I've got to say that I I I think you just need to. Exert some caution. Why? We've already had a tweet this morning from someone who found you um, asking for the phone off of Kelly. Um, um, very um, exciting. <laughs> and I notice over the weekend you've got some. You've been getting tweets from yeah, people. Yeah, I've been getting some rather um, fruity tweets. I don't know why. Because I, I think I'm quite a cold-hearted woman. I don't know why I'm attracting this kind of level of pervery. <laughs> there was some real, you know, mucky stuff. Yeah, going some, on. Someone um, liked my face. Yeah. And wanted to um, kiss I, it. I, I don't think. know what they were going to do. Yeah, I think Kelly's got got it. Got a got her finger on it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyway, guys, thanks very much. I went out as a cat burglar once. <laughs> what did you get? What did you steal? Stuff. Why did you? Ask, what do you mean as a cat burglar? So I was a cat, but a stripy top and a, wow. a sack of goods. She's literally a cat. Why burglar. are they called cat burglars? Because they don't steal cats, do they? I've noticed. Flexible. Get in small places. Why aren't they just called, you know, gymnast burglars? Or weasel burglars. Yeah, why are they not weasel burglars, like um, the lady said? What do weasels do that cats They're don't? more weasley than a cat. Yeah, but that's a weasel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, so I think you've, just been, you've been pwned there, Kelly. I think you owe uh, Catherine and myself an apology. Yeah. Sorry for that thing that just happened that I'm not really sure what happened about. Good. It. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the A1, that's looking rather heavy hitting it southbound, um, just between Great North Road and the Black Cat roundabouts. The M1's looking very heavy now between Junction 12 for Flitwick and Junction 11, Dunstable Road. Also rather heavy on the M1 between Junction 10 at Luton Airport, Spur Road and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. And the A1M starting to build now between Junction 8 for Stevenage and Junction 7 on the sensors. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow moving between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford and the Barnet Bypass looking heavy on camera heading southbound between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Also, just to remind you, our roving reporter, Justin Dealey, does not know how many days are in the year. Now, is there anybody else out there brave enough to uh, admit they don't know how many days there are in the year. 08459 455 555. We'll speak after the news with Lee. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
It's half past seven, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, Labour's threatening to scrap police and crime commissioners and put the money back into frontline policing. It comes just days after it emerged that Bedfordshire's former deputy commissioner lost her job after interfering with an attempted murder trial. The casualty department at the QE2 hospital in Welling Garden City is to close in nine days' time. It'll be replaced by an urgent care centre treating minor injuries instead. And Hertfordshire police have named a man who died in a car crash at Stapleford as 24-year-old Michael Heaster from Hartford. The accident took place between two cars on the A119 yesterday. The weather will be fine and dry today with sunny spells. Top temperatures around 18 degrees Celsius. That's 64 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chelsea remain top of the Premier League table after a one-all draw against Manchester City. Leicester City came from 3-1 down to beat Man United 5-3 at the King Power Stadium. United manager Louis van Gaal was angry to see his side throw away a two-goal lead. Yeah, I cannot say that I'm happy. <laughs> no, 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 but... Uh... In a world of football, these matches happen. We had the game in our pocket and we gave it away. And not because of Leicester City. No, we gave it away. And that's the difference. And that I don't like. Watford will check on the fitness of defender Gabriel Tamas after he was injured in the one-all draw with Bournemouth. MK Dons midfielder Deli Alley got a hat-trick in the 6-1 win over Crewe. Luton Town kept another clean sheet, beating Cambridge 1-0, and there were draws for Wickham and Stevenage. In Formula 1, Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton won the Singapore Grand Prix to take a three-point lead in the Drivers' Championship, beating the Red Bulls of Sebastian Vettel and Daniel Ricciardo. Hamilton has edged ahead of his Mercedes teammate Nico Ross who failed to finish the race. James Allen describes the closing stages. Final corner, he sweeps left underneath our commentary position. Lewis Hamilton, there is the chequered flag for Lewis Hamilton. It's a massive, massive win for the Briton. He moves into the lead of the World Championship. Fireworks go off around this Singapore circuit. It's win number seven of the season for Lewis Hamilton. And finally, Bedford's Paula Radcliffe marked her return to action with third place in the Worcester City 10K. She was using the event to ease back into racing before finishing her career at next year's London Marathon. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. More at eight o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, good morning. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. And through there is uh, Catherine Boyle. Hi. Oh, you were, about, were you about to give me a secret message? Yeah. Do you want to, can you... Well, no, we were talking about our next guest and how he pronounced his name. I'm, I'm thinking Schaefer. Yeah, I, I would... We'll, we'll find ask out. Him. We'll, well, it's your job. It's your, it's your uh, job to, uh, to ask him. Well, Kelly should have done it, really. But, yeah, I will. Okay. I'll ask him now. All right. What's He's gone. What do you want? What? Dan Schaffer is his name. He's not answering. Ow. Oh, Mr Dan. Schaffer, he's a dentist. We'll give him a couple of minutes. Got... The reason we're talking den- dentistry, Justin, mm. is partly to um, to stop you feeling embarrassed about not knowing how many days there are in the year. Did you really fall for that? Oh, you mate. You did, didn't you? You mm. fell for it. Oh, the old, I was pretending to be a dunce routine, huh? Boss, then listen, an hour you... later, you, you've come back because you've Googled it. <laughs> I want to check your uh, web history on your portable telephone. Listen, you can check it. If you ask me a silly question, you're going to get a silly answer. How many days are there in the year? Well, it depends which year. This year? Uh, this year, 365. OK. OK? OK. We OK? 
Can we get, um, can we get, Catherine, mm. the audio mm. of about five minutes to seven, where Justin didn't know the days of the year. What, is he denying this now? He's saying, go on, Justin, you say it to Catherine. Oh, you asked me a silly question, so I gave you a silly answer. If I asked you a silly question, boss, you give me a silly answer, correct? Is that not correct? Not if psychology? It made... Yes. No, right. not, not yes. psychology. Not if it made it look... <laughs> Kelly, can we get that audio from about five two? She's on it now. now. We'll, fi- we'll find it, Just. Mm-hmm. And we'll play it, and we'll let the listeners decide whether you were um, playing or being uh, a dum-dum. Yeah, OK. Yeah, you up yeah, for yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Right, fine. Mm-hmm. I'm glad there's no tension here. No, no, no. tension here. No. Mm-hmm. Tension somewhere. It's not here. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, it is the. We'll go back to that bit. This is the moment we've all been looking forward to. Uh, last week we talked about have you ever self trekked yourself, um, and we got some horrible, horrible stories. Justin, shocking. You met a gentleman called Stuart, didn't you? Remind yes. us who Stuart is. Yeah, Stuart works on at St Albans Market, and um, I met two people there that morning who had decided that they weren't going to be going to the dentist, and they were going to be ripping out their own teeth. One of those was Stuart. Here's a reminder of what he said to us last week about how many teeth he's already pulled out by himself. Eight. And I've got one to go. Yeah, it feels like it's coming out the back of your neck. <laughs> so why don't you go to the dentist? That's too dear. And if I go, it costs me a fortune, so... You say you got one more on the way. When are you going to be yeah. taking that one out? Oh, oh, that's really it, loose, isn't it? Yeah, I reckon it'll either be today or tomorrow. Well, Justin, you went back over the weekend. Your show had been cancelled for the football. Mm. Um, and you went back to St Albans Market to see if Stuart was actually going to be man enough to do it. What happened? Well, this is quite shocking. It's um, quite disturbing. Um, as you mentioned, I turned up in St Albans at the market on Saturday. Let's just play the disclaimer part oh. of this first of all. Um, here's what happened when I turned up on Saturday afternoon. Well, Stuart, we're, uh, we're back on the market with you. How are you feeling today? Uh, I see the tooth is still in there. Just. <laughs> Giving you a lot of grief, is it? It is, actually, yeah. That's why it's going. So, before we do this, can we just confirm again that, that we haven't forced you into this, that you are doing this because you want to do it? Well, it's got to come out, so if you want it out, you can have it out. How do you warm up for something like this? Normally, I'm drunk when I do it. Right, so this time you're not, clearly. No. Yeah. So it could hurt. Right, I'll let you gather your thoughts, and then we'll get the mic turned back on, and then the tooth is coming out. Yep, right up. Well, well done, Justin. I think we're covered legally. Now, mm-hmm. j- just to to, um, to flag up, there is video and photographic evidence of this yep. that you have neglected to send to Kelly Betts, who would have been able to put it on the, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Yep. I'm assuming you'll be correcting that immediately after this, phone, th- th- this uh, chat? Yep. Excellent. What happened? So, five minutes later... Um, <laughs> Um, a crowd kind of gathered because uh, obviously it's quite unusual to see somebody parading up and down St Albans Market with a microphone we then told them what was going to happen and everybody walked away and quickly Um, this was the moment that Stuart went through with what he was going to do by pulling out his ninth tooth Um, take a listen to this it is quite disturbing but again Stuart does not believe in dentists and he can't afford a dentist this is what happened. So, Stuart, we're now good to go. Tell us what you're doing right now. Wiggling it. <laughs> That's so loose, isn't it? Yeah. Ain't quite loose enough, though. Right, OK. What are you doing now? Talk us through it. I'm going to pull it out, I hope. Oh, I can, I can hear the noise. Give me a minute. OK. <laughs> oh, my goodness, mate. 
<laughs> you want it? That is quite disgusting. You, you pulled your, your tooth out and you put it on the table for us. There you go, look. I think you need a tissue, don't you? Nah. I'll show you what I'll do. You're now going into your bag. What's in your bag here? Mouthwash. That's not mouthwash. Mm. Is that vodka? Mm-hmm. Mm. Seriously, describe the pain of what you just done, because I've never ever seen anything like that in my life. Hurts at first, once it's out, it's lovely. You feel refreshed. Yes. You feel like a new man. Well, now I'll be able to chomp on something, because before it was like having a marble in your mouth kept rolling about. Now it's gone. It's gone. You can get on with your day. I want to buy it. Donate it for charity. Yeah. Uh, you're an interesting guy. Thank you very much indeed for your time. I never thought you'd go through with that. Well, we'll take a photograph of it and uh, we'll put that on our Facebook page so people can see you and your tooth. Can you can you get that tooth away from me, though? Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> you're a nutter. Thank you very much. Right on, mate. Well, uh, <laughs> oh dear. Good it for him. Vile, vile. I have to say, Ian, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. Yes, we can kind of laugh and joke about Can't it, but it just. was absolutely disgusting. I felt sick for about two hours afterwards. But, of yeah. course, there is a serious side to this. Some people huh? just don't believe in dentistry, and... They can't afford it. Yeah. It's, it was awful. Justin, stay there. We will come back to you in a second, but um, let's speak to Dan Schaffer from Pure Dentistry in Harpenden. Morning, Dan. Morning. How are you? Well, it looks like you're out of business, fella. We don't need you anymore when there are people like Stuart who can just do it themselves. I think that's amazing, isn't it? It reminds me, actually, of when I was on holiday in Borneo and I saw a uh, local dentist in the middle of the village market with a, a little bucket and a couple of electrical screwdrivers, and he proceeded to have a woman coming in front of him and saying, right, I'm going to get my teeth taken out, and he grabbed one of the screwdrivers and rinsed it in her mouth without any anaesthetic. And it was terrible. It was really, really awful. <laughs> it I, sounds I, awful. I, I just wonder how much infection there is, chance of infection yeah. afterwards, or chance of breaking a tooth, or a bit of root left behind, and, and uh, what kind of state he's left in. Well, uh, well we'll show you the pictures. I, I think you'll understand. Uh, he had a body uh, mouthwash, but we, we talked about this last week. That, that what I wasn't sure if it was a myth or not, of people tying a little bit of twine around a tooth, tying the other end to a, a, a door, and slamming the door shut. And we had loads of people that had done that but you're right we also had a few people who said yeah i did that or i had my tooth put out with a pair of pliers and it snapped and then the root was yeah. stuck in there so it can sorry Catherine, she's not enjoying this this morning <laughs> uh, so it, it, it can be very very dangerous can't it it, it can be indeed. I mean, uh, it, it probably won't kill you, uh, which is probably good news. However, if you do leave a bit of root behind, half a tooth, or if you do it wrong, then you can cause yourself quite a lot of damage. And I did see a man who uh, had taken out his own tooth uh, with a penknife in his shed and oh. came to see me. And uh, it, things went a little bit wrong for him, and he had a big infection. Yes. He had to get sent to hospital, and he was, suddenly he was in actually a virtually a life-threatening wow. condition because of, of the infection. Um, I, I, just a word of caution, really, is that, um, you know, there is uh, money available for people that can't afford to go to the dentist. If you're on um, income support or you have a valid HC2 form, then your treatment will be free. Because people do think, it is, even if you're NHS, you've still got to pay a few quid. And I'm all right, I, I, I can afford it for me and my family, but there are some people who are having to cut... Um, serious corners in, in their life. Uh, and I'm guessing that, that going to the dentist to have a tooth out uh, is can be pushed down the list of priorities. 
It, it can indeed. Uh, and, and let's not forget that the uh, fees for NHS treatment are set down by the government. The dentists don't have any say in how much they are. And uh, they just charge what they're told to charge for certain treatments. Um, but, but as I said, you know, if people really can't afford it, if they're on exemption certificates, then they do get the treatment for free. And it's, it's always worth prioritising your health care. I mean, you know, it can be dangerous. You don't really want it to be dangerous for you to do things on your own. Dan, appreciate your time and your thoughts this morning. Thank you very much. Dan Schaffer from Pure Dentistry uh, in Harpenden. Tell us what you're doing right now. Wiggling it. Thank you very much indeed. Now, Justin. <laughs> yes. So, this morning I asked you a question. Oh, for goodness sake. Right. Listen, I've already been through this. Right. I'm busy on the streets this morning. I asked you how many days there were in a year. Mm. You said you didn't know. You come back 50 minutes later and say, oh... Oh, I was teasing you. Mm. Well, let's let's put it to the listeners, okay? Mm. We've got the audio from earlier. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You having a smoke? No. Have you got a fag on? No. Okay. Uh, let's play the audio of you being asked this question, and we'll let the listener decide whether you are lying. Or, or, you know, and winding me up, or whether you don't actually yep. know how many days there are in a year. Okay. Okay, so this was, was uh, about 50 minutes ago. Let's have a listen. How many days are there in a year, Just? Um, I don't know. You tell me. Sorry? Don't know. Days in a year. 100? No. <laughs> Sounded pretty genuine to me. No, not at all. Castle also, Muppet was think there's a hundred days in a year. There was a little defensive edge to his voice, wasn't there? There don't was. Know, don't care. Yeah. I'm not saying you thought there were a hundred days in the year. Right, okay. That was you trying to, you know, that was try, you trying to do it at smoke and mirrors. But right. I'm saying on the back of that, you do not know, you did not know how many days there were in the year until you Googled it. As somebody who has got special powers, of course I know. There's 365 days in a year. Every year? Bit of a joke, bit of a joke. No, ha- some years not. Leap years, you know? How often is a leap year? Oh, I don't know. Do you really not know, or are you doing no, the no, sm- I don't smoke know. and mirrors I heavy on the smoke I, I, again? I honestly don't I, know, guys. The, Do you know how, many, how, uh, how, many, uh, how often a leap year happens? No, no, I don't. I don't. No, is that you playing us or not? No, no, I don't. I'm not, genuinely, I don't. Okay. I don't. What? I don't really. Even Kelly does. How often's a leap year? It's every four, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? Oh. How many days in a leap year? Uh, there's one less, isn't there? So there'll be, what, 364? Is it less or is it more? Okay. How often is a drop year? I don't know. What's a drop year? How many days in a drop year? I don't know. Do you want to take that to the street, mate? What's a drop year? Oh, you see, you're not as clever. You're not. You- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm clever. I'm just saying, what's a drop year? I know a, what a leap year is. A drop year happens every 12 years and there are two extra days. Right, okay. That's great knowledge. Thanks. Oh, wait, four, five. Thank you, Just. Cheers. Yeah. Great stuff. You're welcome. Bye. You are. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. That man did not know how many days there were in the year. Drop year, eh? Oh, come on, give me a break. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the A1 heading southbound. Very slow moving at the moment on the speed sensors uh, between the Great North Road and the Black Hat roundabouts. Also very heavy on the M1 heading southbound between Junction 12 at Flittick and Junction 11 of Dunstable Road. The A1M sorry, is also looking heavy between Junction 8 for Stevenage and Junction 7 on the speed sensors this morning. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise 
otherwise very heavy between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 19 at Watford. And on the M40, a London bound, there's a lane blocked at the moment just between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and Junction 4 for the Handy Cross at Roundabouts, and that's due to an accident that's happened there. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Tell us what you're doing right now. Wiggling it. 7.46, it's Monday the 22nd of September. I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged the Deputy Commissioner of Bedfordshire Police was forced to resign after trying to interfere with the trial. Patients are being warned that the casualty department at the QE2 hospital will be closed down next week. And Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton is top of the driver's championship after driving a car very, very fast. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, good morning to you. It's a chilly start this morning across the three counties. Three degrees still in uh, one or two spots. Uh, five or six degrees typically across all three counties. And we've got clear weather ahead of us, but with plenty of sunshine, the temperatures should rise quite nicely through the day today. So we'll be dry and bright, uh, up in the high teens, 17, 18, possibly 19 Celsius, 18, 64 in Fahrenheit. We will see a little bit of fair weather cloud bubbling up through the afternoon. It shouldn't spoil things, but it will melt away through this evening. So another dry and clear night to come tonight. Another chilly one then. Again, temperatures low enough for some rural grass frost. Another chilly start tomorrow then, but a nice day in prospect. Dry and bright. Temperatures up in the high teens once more. An increase in cloud in the second half of the afternoon. No, that'll bring us some overnight rain into Wednesday. But after that, we're dry right the way through until the weekend. Are you actually are you it's actually sticking up? It's disgusting. What 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 is the video of the man pulling out his teeth? My eyes are watering. You were you were properly gagging now. I was no. praying that Sarah would finish the weather quickly so we could come to and hear you, uh, wretch. Thanks. You couldn't watch the video. No, it was disgusting. It's nature at its finest. <laughs> it really is. It's an old man yanking a tooth out in a marketplace. Seriously, we could sell that and make a fortune. Uh, shall I put it on Facebook? Oh yeah. With a warning. Yeah, put it on. Uh, put it on. Um, uh, toothbook. Put it on. Pull it out your Facebook. Oh, that one's better than mine. Yeah, a bit better. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's friendly. To me, it feels like a giant village. It's brilliant. The community's there. It's a little bit of London in the countryside. All this week, we're exploring St Albans. The oldie-worldy appeal. The peace round by the park. Telling everyone about where you live. I think it's a very friendly area. Don't have to go too far. And you're out in the country and you can walk for miles. Bit of history in there. Nice green areas. I love to go down the lake, have a little walk around. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Push the boat out, over-mortgage yourself and come and live here. From BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine's got a St Albans fact and we'll get some uh, facts from Justin Dealey as well throughout the week, but or go on. I've been the War of the Roses. The first Good skirmish film. of the War of the Roses or the Civil War, can't remember, probably both, it happened was, in St um, Albans. Um, Michael Douglas yeah. and... Uh, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner. They had their first battle in St Albans, did they? What happened? Why did they end up... One of them ended up up on the uh, chandelier, didn't they? Too much of that. Wasn't it? Really? Michael Douglas. Oh. You could actually get me reported for what I just did in front of you. <laughs> Good. By the way, I, can we do this as a nice, a nice gentle phone-in, right? Justin didn't know how many days there were in the year. Doesn't know what a leap year is or when, how often it is. Uh, um, 
Um, not Kathleen Turner. Catherine Boyle. You don't know how many, how often a leap year I occurs. do now. It was just a little gap in my knowledge. I, every day is a school day. I'm not ashamed of that. Right, and how... And I know you shouldn't be ashamed. I mean, you should be ashamed of that. No, why would I? 08459 455 555. What didn't you know? Mm. What didn't you know? That, that, that everyone goes, what? Hey, I found something out over the weekend. Yeah. And it turns out that my dad winding my sister up actually had taught us something quite valuable. Oh, here we go. Puts you paper know, down. My, you know, my dad um, is full of it and used to answer our childish questions with answers he'd just made up. Yeah, yeah. So, which led to my sister thinking that Hitler's first name was Billy for the first ten years of her life. Billy Hitler, William Hitler, yeah. There was a William Hitler. He was Hitler's nephew. He was oh. in England. He was an English Hitler. Yeah. And he went over to Germany to join his uh, uncle. Uncle Hitler. Yeah, so there was a Billy Hitler. Blimey. Well, so you, we've learned something today. Exactly. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. Kat. That thing about Thanks, um, boy monkeys having blue bums and girl monkeys having pink bums, though, yeah. was abject nonsense. You know that there is a village in this uh, country that during World War Two. Or one, two, I'm going to say. They uh, hanged a monkey because they thought it was a French spy. I don't think it was World War One. I. I think it was before that. I think that's when the, like, no. the French were invading well, in that. World War Two. No, it wasn't. World War Two. Wasn't it supposed to be Hull? Sure, why not? I think it wasn't World War Two. Well, we're going to Hull. We can, we can ask them. We can ask them, when did you guys hang a French monkey? And what the hell was that all about? Mm. We'll put that to them. Yeah, we'll say, what, what was, what's the monkey thing? We'll take it to the streets. Now, on to slightly more important things uh, than uh, French monkeys. The A&E department... <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm so sorry. No, this is, this is certainly more important than that. I'm going to press this button. FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Department at Welling's QE2 Hospital will close in just nine days' time. Did you know about it? No, neither did we. From October the 1st, it'll become an urgent care centre, treating minor illnesses and injuries, but transferring more serious cases to the Lister Hospital in Stevenage. Catherine Boyle uh, has been looking into this. Comes a bit out of the blue, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the deadline certainly does, although this has been bubbling away since 2007, when the decision was made to transfer emergency services to the Lister in Stevenage. And back then, we spoke to a group called Hospital SOS Task Force, who told us they were dead devastated after campaigning against it for some time. Now, since then, it would appear that um, there's been a slow transfer of services from Wellin and the QE2 to the Lister in Stevenage, and now the changes are coming up to completion. Very short notice, though, and this is the first we've heard of a deadline, and the first the public will have heard of a deadline, nine days' time. And... I this slight journalistic aside, they sent the press release at half past six on a Friday night, which is not really the time you send something out that's quite that's it's important enough. The old trick, quite often, as I've uh, in the two years I've been here, I found that quite often uh, big things will be sent out on a Friday evening when yeah. everyone's going home, yeah. when when they perceive the A team has gone home, uh, or also uh, if it's to do with schools, they'll send it out on the last day of term. Because the school holiday's about to start, so you can't get hold of anyone. Maybe we're being cynical. Maybe they were trying to sneak it out. This new uh, uh, department, the um, Urgent Care Centre, yes. what is that? Well, the hospital say it will treat most patients who would have come to A&E in the past, 24 hours a day, no appointment necessary. But the difference comes when an illness or injury is considered more serious, and those patients will either be transferred to the Lister Hospital in Stevenage if they present with their symptoms um, at uh, the QE2, or taken directly there. 
Now, according to the chair of the East and North Hearts Clinical Commissioning Group, Dr Harry Pathmanathan, patient survival and recovery rates are much better if they're treated by doctors who treat lots of critically ill patients every single day rather than just one or two a week. So what's the advice for patients? Well, this is the advice from the press release. This is great, by the way. Get your pens and papers out. You may need this. From October the 1st, anyone who thinks they're having a heart attack, stroke or other serious life-threatening condition should call 999. They'll be taken straight to the Lister Hospital. And if you're feeling a bit hungry, why not eat something? And if you're thirsty, maybe have a drink. If someone goes to the QE2 after October the 1st who is seriously ill or becomes ill during their visit, staff at the Urgent Care Centre will arrange for an ambulance to transfer them to an emergency department and treat them until the ambulance arrives. So that's what they can't treat. Yes. Let's go through the poetic list of what they can take care of. Strain, sprain, sudden back or neck pain, tendonitis and soft tissue injuries. I don't know why that makes me chuckle. I wouldn't chuckle if I had it. Strained and sprains. I've seen that film. Suspected fractures and broken bones, bites, stings, cuts, bruises and grazes, burns and scalds, foreign bodies stuck in ears or noses Could and be. just ears or noses, ladies Could and gentlemen. Be Lego or a raisin, something like that. As long as it's ears or nose. Yep. Anywhere no else? Lister. 999. Minor eye injuries, minor head injuries, minor illnesses that were normally treated by a GP but can't wait until the practice is next time. It doesn't... So it sounds like it's just kind of a walk-in... Yeah. GPs. Yeah. Which I'm a big fan of the walk-in GPs, by the way. I love that, where you can just turn up and you wait a couple of hours, you get seen. Love it. But it's certainly not... Um, Anywhere close to approaching A&E, is it? Not at all. 08459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's, uh, it's a medical day and I wonder where this gentleman would go. Oh, gosh. Dale Decker. Oh, no, not him again. Well, I just think when we mentioned this an hour and a half ago... Be maybe... careful, because the kids are going to school. Yeah, well, I'll phrase it properly so that the, the kids can... We should can... use a code word. Okay, what word should we use instead of orgasms? Oh. The headline is come Bubbles. again. Bubbles. Bubbles, okay. <laughs> the headline is come again. Dale, 37, suffers from 100 bubbles a day after slipping his disc. When I say bubbles, I mean the O word. Mums and dads. Children, you shouldn't be listening. Desperate Dale Decker has 100 bubbles each day but does not enjoy a single one of them. The dad developed persistent genital arousal syndrome two years ago when he slipped a disc in his back. Wow, it's in the back, is it? On his way to the hospital, he had five bubbles and has been given no respite from them since. The painful pelvic episodes have left him housebound and isolated through fear of suffering a shuddering bubble in public. Dale, 37 has become the first victim of the condition to speak publicly. He said, and these are his words, I don't know if this has happened or if I this is... I don't know why he's imagining this scenario. <laughs> Imagine being at your father's funeral beside his cas- casket and you have nine bubbles. I never want another bubble. I'm disgusted by it. You having a bubble? No. I was in line. I was in line at the grocery store once. As I got to the front, I dropped to my knees and had a bubble. It, I was yelping. It was horrendous. When it was over, I looked around and about 150 people were watching me. Well, I bet they were. They thought, do we help or do we leave him to it? 
Oh dear. It's a terrible affliction and not um it's very brave of him to speak out. Despite Dale's condition, the couple rarely have sex. Oh. Right, so the son then approached um a doctor, Dr. Dina Harris, who helps women with the condition in New York, said Really? I hope he gets the help he needs. Well thanks, Doctor. So that's how he's going to treat You're it. You're on your it? own, Dale. It really does. The mind does bubble, doesn't it, at, um, at what that poor gentleman is going through. I mean, we're laughing. He's not... A hundred bubbles a day. Wowzers. Oh, wait, four, no, don't call in about that. But oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five, is, it, is, is there anybody else listening to this who didn't know how often a leap year was? That's mm. the... I'm oh, so surprised by you. I mean, oh, really? Yeah. Don't be. Don't be. There are huge gaps in my knowledge all what? over the place. G- tell us another one. Don't know. What else I, don't you know? I won't know until I fall into one, will I? Hey, mm. why don't you ask them about that thing about women having ten grumpy days a year? Oh, yeah. Apparently, we have ten grumpy days a year, according to the Daily Mail, uh, girls, and um, men shouldn't worry about it it's, if you're having an off day because you're probably just going to have nine more. It's by Daily Mail reporter. They were too ashamed Shamed. to put their name to this. If the woman in your life seemed a little cross this morning, don't despair. Only nine more miserable days to go. According to a study, the average woman spends the equivalent of ten days every year in a bad mood. Guys? Ten days. 08459 oh, four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the A1 heading southbound, looking very slow moving on the speed sensors between the Great North Road and the Black Hat roundabouts. And the M1 heading southbound, rather heavy moving between Junction 12 of Flittick and Junction 11 of Dunstable Road. The M1 heading southbound as well as a lane blocked um, between the London Gateway services and Junction 2 for Watford Way. Uh, there's been an accident there causing delays. And the M25 heading clockwise, very slow moving at the moment between Junction 22 for St Albans and Junction 23 for the A1M. Take a look at the M40. There's a lane blocked just between Junction 5 at Stoke and Church and Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross roundabouts following an accident. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola, Nicola, Nicola. Yeah. How often is a leap year? Uh, that's every four years. Well done, Nick. It's as simple as that. There's no trick question. Turns out half of my team was unable to answer it. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, concern about police commissioners after Bedfordshire deputy interferes with trial. A 24-year-old man dies in a Hertfordshire car crash and the casualty department in Welling Garden City to close next week. BBC Three Counties Radio. Police and crime commissioners will be axed if Labour win the next election. The announcement comes just days after it emerged the deputy commissioner of Bedfordshire Police interfered with an attempted murder trial. Peter Nairud, the former chief constable of Thames Valley Police, who advises Labour, says it highlights the problem with commissioners. They were created because the previous model was uh, described as unaccountable and uh, and invisible. Okay, the new post isn't invisible, but it's visible for exactly the wrong reasons, because we've had a whole series of problems with both uh, commissioners and those that they've appointed. Hertfordshire Police have named a man who died in a car crash at Stapleford as 24-year-old Michael Heaster from Hartford. The accident took place between two cars on the A119 yesterday. The woman driver of the other car has been treated in hospital for injuries. 
The accident and emergency department at the QE2 hospital in Welling Garden City is to close in nine days' time. It'll be replaced by an urgent care centre instead. Gail Sanderson reports. From October the 1st, people with minor injuries and illnesses can get treatment at the urgent care centre 24 hours a day. Anyone with a serious, life-threatening medical emergency, like a stroke or a heart attack, is advised to dial 999 and they will be taken by ambulance to a newly expanded A&E at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage instead. Next year, the Urgent Care Centre will move into a new £30 million QE2 hospital, which is being built on the existing site. An inquest is taking place today into the death of Stevenage man Mark de Salis, who was shot dead in Libya at the start of the year. The body of the former Thomas Allen school pupil and a woman were found on a beach 50 miles west of Tripoli. He'd been living and working in Libya for six years. A man from Milton Keynes is calling for a relaxation of the rules of drug licensing in the UK. Darren Devonish says a lack of funding could prevent his five-year-old son getting the treatment he needs for muscular dystrophy. He told Ian Lee that drugs that work are already being used in other countries. This technology allows the deletion or mutation in that gene to be skipped. I don't want the European Medicines Agency to go through you know, another 10-year trial for uh, a drug that's based on a very similar technology to Translana. Time is, is completely of the essence. In sport, Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton won the Singapore Grand Prix ahead of Sebastian Vettel and Daniel Ricciardo in the Red Bulls. Hamilton now has a three-point lead at the top of the Drivers' Championship. And the weather will be fine and dry today with sunny spells. Top temperatures around 18 degrees Celsius at 64 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Morning, Canvas. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I lived here and went to school here and then moved to London and then I loved it so much I came back. All this week we're exploring St Albans. The oldie worldie appeal, the peace round by the park. Exploring where you live. I think it's a very friendly area. Don't have to go too far and you're out in the country and you can walk for miles. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. BBC Three Counties Radio. Four minutes past eight on a Monday. How did we end up back in the box, guys? Weren't we free at the weekend? We were free at the weekend to do what we wanted, to be what we wanted. Keep falling back in. Yeah! Oh, there must be a way out of this. There must be a way out. Hey! Keep talking. Keep talking. That's it. Keep on talking. Uh, Lots coming up in the show in the last hour. Talking about PCCs. Talking about bushes. Oh, well, whatever you found, don't, don't do the click. It's ten days. Ten days a year, women are grumpy. You've had a, a few uh, comical t- texts. Let's let's see what you got. In my case, I get ten years a year. T- sorry, oh, ten hang days on a minute. A hang on, hang on, hang on. We'll do that again. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Text on this, Catherine? We have. Let's have it. In my case, I get 10 days a year grumpy free, not the other way around. <laughs> and the other one is. Uh, 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 uh. 10 days a week in my house, mate. What? Says Tim. 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 Blimey, Tim. It's from the Justin Dealey School of Calendars. <laughs> Justin Dealey doesn't know how many days there are in the year. He doesn't know what a leap year is when it happens. Oh, 
my word. If you want to take part in the show today, it's kind of ramshackle, but I think we, I think we can steer this ship home. Oh, uh, we've got some word on the French monkey story. Oh. I think it's Hartlepool, the monkey thing. Hartlepool United's FC is the Monkey Hangers. Oh. That's the nickname. In the world of football, though. You know what those guys are like. Oh, but it's Hartlepool, was it? Hartlepool, and Second World War? No, Napoleonic War. I was close. I was close. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I was close. Not really. If you... Um, two things here. Thanks, Kelt. Two things here. Why don't monkeys evolve anymore? They're done. But the they, best monkeys they can be. But then why don't they turn... If we come from monkeys, why don't monkeys turn into humans? They again? did. Yeah, but why don't they do it now? Because we need monkeys as well. But why? You're, you're, this is nonsense. I'm beginning to come around to the creationist way of thinking. Evolution, stroke evolution, is uh, when monkeys turn into humans, right? And fish grow legs. Mm. Well, why haven't goldfish got legs? And why are there still monkeys that, that aren't humans? You see? It's good, it's good, isn't it, Kelly? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. Welcome. Second question. Oh. If you shaved a monkey, would it look like a man? Some. Look like some men. I've the, seen them. Have you? What, a shaved monkey? Yeah. Or a hairy man? Both. There's lots of sniggering today, isn't there? Let's try and grow up a bit. Because those are two actually brilliant questions that I've just science asked. Science questions. Science. Science Fact. So, dear listener... Is the BBC doing a thing at the moment where you can Google on air? Yeah, you can Google um, the fellow from Dragon's Den. OK, let's do that. Ah. Dear Evan. Monkeys. Oh, wait, 0845. I tell you what, you, she, while she's Googling Evan Davis, I'm, I'm going to Google you, dear listener. 08459. Oh, maybe a little bit less furiously. Thank you. 08459 oh, 455. The phones are going mental! Well... Peter and Mama Green's calling. He knows. He knows. Why don't monkeys evolve anymore? And if you shaved a monkey, would it look like a man? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I always, um... I do always feel slightly uncomfortable when I'm doing the shtick and we have, um, like, you know... A decent guest on the phone, because they must think, what the hell have I got myself involved with? Labour is threatening to scrap police and crime commissioners and put the money back into frontline policing. The election promise comes amid more negative press for PCCs. On Friday, it emerged that Bedfordshire's former deputy commissioner lost her job after interfering with an attempted murder trial. Tafin Sharif's cousin was the woman at the centre of a love triangle that led to the shooting of Atif Ali in Berry Park. Ms Sharif tried to stop the woman's identity being released to the public to save the family's embarrassment. Well, we can speak to Bernard Ricks, a former police advisor from Bedfordshire. Morning, Bernard. What's your reaction to this case? Well, well, another difficulty for police and crime commissioners and their deputies. Um, In in this case, the PCC... um, Ollie Martins has uh, effectively required the Deputy PCC to resign. Um, Deputy PCC involved in matters in which she quite simply should not have got involved. Last week, uh, we reported how Ollie Martins, the uh, Labour Police and Crime Commissioner for Bedfordshire, admitted passing on information about Leon Briggs, the Luton man who died in police custody. He was... uh, No charges have been uh, been, uh, pressed or anything like that, but it just doesn't look good, does it? 
Well, PCCs ought to be involved in uh, matters of strategy rather than operational matters. As soon as they start getting involved in individual cases, uh, as uh, Ollie Martins was alleged to do, uh, he was effectively then cleared by the IPCC uh, as um, the deputy PCC in Bedfordshire has accepted that she was doing, and that's why she's resigned. As soon as uh, PCCs and deputy PCCs get involved in specific cases, that's absolutely the wrong thing. They shouldn't do that. They need to stay at a strate- strategic level. Remind us, because, I, you know, I think in the, the, the time since they've joined, we, or they've started, maybe we've lost focus a bit. What exactly is the role of a PCC supposed to be? Well, they're supposed to, the essence is that they hold the chief constable to account for delivery of policing in the force. Um, There's a little bit more to it than that. They also ought to engage with the public. You you earlier on in your programme were talking about um, Hertfordshire and Bedford. Bedfordshire PCCs coming and talking to you. Absolutely, as they ought to be doing. Um, Thames Valley PCC not doing that. Uh, that's entirely wrong. He should be um, talking to you and to others across the Thames Valley region. Um, uh, they do a bit more than that. Uh, they ought to be innovate, uh, innovating the work that they do. They ought to work with partners. They commission services like victim services. And we've seen something of that um, in, in the national and local press. But frankly, PCCs as a Uh, as the 41 of them, are not good enough at shouting about the good news that they have. And frankly, they're very good at putting their foot in in the bear trap. It's not been a great couple of weeks for PCCs. Low turnout uh, at an election in Birmingham, uh, the whole Rotherham situation, uh, Ollie Martins and now his, uh, his deputy. Can they survive, do you think? And I don't mean those people specifically, I mean PCCs as a concept. Indeed. Um, well, a good question is what they would be replaced by. Now, we'll hear a little bit more about that from the Shadow Home Secretary, Yvette Cooper, this Wednesday, when she'll talk to, she'll speak to the Labour Party conference. The proposal, that she said yesterday that, that, that Labour will get rid of PCCs, but it's not clear what they'd replace them with yet. Um, the, it, it seems likely that they might go for a policing board, which isn't quite the old police authority um, that PCCs replaced, but it's a, a panel of elected leader of local leaders of local authorities. Um, the difficulty with that, one of the difficulties with that might be that elected leaders of local authorities are very busy people already. How are they going to find time to devote to a, a policing board? Is it an experiment that's failed, Bernard? It's an experiment that's in need of, at the very least, uh, some amendment and possibly rad- radical surgery. And it, it seems that the Labour approach is going to be radical surgery. We've yet to hear the detail of the Conservative uh, position, but I think that's more likely to be some form of um, um, uh, not so much minor change. It needs to be substantial change, but keeping PCCs at, at its heart. Bernard, always good to talk to you. Thank you for your time. Bernard Ricks, former police advisor from Bedfordshire. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hit me with the Texas. Okay, PCCs. This is from Clive. The Bed's PCC actions over the court case and other matters over the past year with Ollie Martins and his deputy just goes to show that once again it's jobs for the boys and how corrupt the system is. Why do we need them? Uh, close them down again and use the money for better policing. That's from Clive. Well, you need to have somebody 
overseeing the police, don't you? Uh, uh, um, you? You need to have somebody to make sure, you know, that if the police do no good... No, who would have thought of such a thing? That there's someone there to kind of hold them to account. Now, it's arguable as to whether the PCCs have actually done that. Sometimes it's a bit difficult to do that when you have to phone the police press office to get to the PCC in the well, first this is, place. This is the thing. If we want to... You, you have to phone up a, a press officer who may or may not like us and may or may not field our call. And also, if the PCCs are starting to be investigated, as Ollie Martins has, as his deputy has, as the, the, the fellow in Rotherham was, then then surely that's shifting the focus. It's like Angus Deaton having to leave Have I Got News For You because he became the centre of all the stories. Then it doesn't work, does it? Pat and Houghton Regis, look at the mess. Uh, Beverger police have been run no better. Sack all PCCs that are members of political parties and start again with residents who know what they're doing oh. and connected the experience of bad policing that they know they can change in their charge. OK, here's, a, here's the question to you. How, how, would, a, how would someone who's had no... Um, uh, it, how would a, a civilian know what they're doing? We can all say, yeah, I want more police on the streets and I want more of them out in their car. I want, I want to see more police. OK, well, you're taking a budget cut of £20 million a year. How are you going to do that? What about a, an American-style police commissioner, like Commissioner Gordon from Batman? Oh, gosh. You can fire him if he doesn't do what you want. Right, so... Uh, but, but he's, he's a got, policeman. And he's got a, hot, he's got a big light on the roof of his building that he can shine at night time to get a superhero out. Bonus. I'm just not even going to... Look at you. Ken in Re- I'm going to look at you with disdain. Oh. Ken in Redbourne has That's your normal it. face you look at me with. Yeah, I'm very disdainful towards you. Uh, regarding monkeys. Okay, so I've asked why monkeys don't evolve, don't evolve anymore. Someone sent me a, a, a tweet of a yeah, shaven monkey. Does it look like a man? No, it looks like a monkey with no hair. Oh, okay. Disappointing. Uh, regarding monkeys, says Ken, and this is, this is just complete and utter bullshine. You reckon? Answer is the same as answer to the question... Why are there still people in England, even though English people once sailed to the New World and became Americans? You, what does that even mean? You've, what you've done there, Ken, is you've just put words down. You've just thrown down some random words that have got no connection with what I'm asking. Uh. Don't. Mm, you, hey, you owe me one. What he's saying is that some people improved their lives in a different way, but the others didn't die out. So am I a monkey or an American? Uh. Monkey. Monkey. Stop talking to Siri. He's not your friend. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off at the moment on the A41, it's looking very heavy moving, heading southbound between Bingcroft Road and Junction 13 for the M1. The M1 itself very heavy at the moment on the sensors between Junction 12 for Flitwick and Junction 11 at Dunstable Road. Having a look at the M1, it's queuing at the moment between the London Gateway services and Junction 2 uh, for Watford, and that's due to an accident that's happened there. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, looking heavy moving between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 16 for the M40. Having a look so far at the trains, there are delays at the moment on West Midland trains. Um, let's have a look. That's heading out of Euston, so do check before travelling. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, it's 8.15. It is Monday, the 22nd of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's emerged the Deputy Commissioner of Bedfordshire Police was forced to resign after trying to interfere with a trial. Patients are being warned that the casualty department at the QE2 hospital will be closed down next week. And Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton is top of the Drivers' Championship after winning the Singapore Grand Prix. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Mr Coffer speak to me? Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... BBC Three Counties Red. I've got some great interviews coming up. He was in the trenches in, in France and he was shot. We both look at each other in amazement and can't believe how far we've come with the company. And we love it. We love every day that we do the cakes. Nick Coffer. We're telling people, go out and find about your family story and come back and pay tribute to them in, in a way that is a living, breathing legacy. Got a strong local link, hasn't it? A strong local link. Amy Merritt, she's originally from New Zealand, now settled in Buckinghamshire. Nick Coffer. I think it could be brilliant. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm not a dog man. No? No. I find it very hard to get get excited by dogs. You could become a dog man. No. Do you want to play with my dog? Um, She's cute. Well. She'll probably want to bite your hair. Oh, I quite like that. She's very into biting hair. Yeah. My cat does a does a little bite of the hair. Really, I like that. It's yes, not, that's quite exciting. Okay, but um, I just I just don't get them as as animals, really. No, well, it's all right. What do they do? Apart from everything you tell them to. I was going to say she's she's quite keen to please and not please. Oh, I in see. fact, one of the the What's main problems tease? I'm having with with my new puppy is that uh, she doesn't take me at all seriously. Well, she was chewing the rug the other day. Yeah, and I said no, don't do that. And she carried on doing it. So I shouted. Yeah. I thought, how, is that, how are you supposed to... What voice are you supposed to use? Electric prod? <laughs> well, it was, I nearly tasered her. Yeah. I would like to hear you speak to your callers like that. And really? I think you might get a bit more respect from them. <laughs> no! I'm not taking your problem on. I, I, like that. <laughs> yeah, I'd like that. <laughs> Maybe not the people with the problems. I feel sorry for them sometimes when you give them the cold shoulder. Maybe some of the idiots that phone up in the first hour. I need. To, I obviously need to harness that voice that I use yep. when someone's wasting my time when you and talk, use it on the dog. Yeah, or, or, when, or yeah, when you're dealing with a car dealer who's sold someone a dodgy car or yes. something like that. You should use that. No, that, well, that voice is normally what I use. I want compo. Don't you talk to me like that. Sorry, I was the, just joking. The do- oh, no, 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 I was, I was doing, the... still doing my dog voice. Gosh. Was... But, but I, I tried that voice, and the dog just carried on uh, carried on biting. Yeah. Got some... Uh, J- Jane and Nailsbury's got some advice for you. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Jonathan. <laughs> Jane, You're having fun, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Hang on, what are yeah. you saying? I'm not fun. You're having fun? <laughs> yeah, because of me. I'm, I'm, I'm initiating the fun, and he's feeding off my oh. fun. That's how, that's how it works. She means I'm having fun with my puppy. Oh, okay. Puppy. Yes, Jane. Um, when uh, he's when she's being naughty, yeah. Tap her on the nose. Hit her. She, Hit yeah, her. I so see. If you keep doing tapping her on the nose and saying no, yeah. She'll get she'll get the message. What about a swift boot up the bum? <laughs> no, you can't with a puppy. Well, oh, with an older dog. Eh? With an older dog? No, <laughs> not at all. Okay. What about you? I love animals. Da- Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Jalish is on the line. Good morning, Jalish. Hey, hi, good morning. I believe you've got a wry observation for us. I look forward to hearing it and chuckling silently. Yeah, I, I, I've been listening to Jonathan and all his whole week away that he's been trying to talk to his pup and he's speaking to the puppy in English. Oh. I'm from India and there people speak in all the various languages. I was just wondering, oh. how do you, I mean, the dogs are very smart. I think they can understand all the languages in the world. Yeah. Well, it's, what it's what languages can you speak, Jailesh? I speak uh, Marathi, Hindi, and of course English. So perhaps if I was to try talking uh, in Hindi to the dog, it might understand. Yeah, maybe you should. Right. If you want, I can send some clips over to you. <laughs> hey, do, I, I, can, I can teach him Hindi, Jailesh. Okay. Shall I? Shall I? Shall I show you how good I am? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> you can try. 
परदेसी परदेसी जाना ना है मुझे चोले के मुझे चोले के Gosh. Yeah, I think I've heard that song from you before. Yeah, well, all right. I've only got one song in my repertoire, but still. Yeah, but what's <laughs> "Stop Biting That Rug, You Little Devil"? Well, that's. Yeah. yeah well, how would you say that in uh, Hindi? I'll tell in Marathi, and for a dog, you can say "Gupta Bar." Gupta Bar. Gupta Bar. Gupta Bar. Sounds but, Scottish. But, but. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jailish. Oh, there we go. Oh, I really feel we've explored. Gupta Bar. <laughs> that would do it. <laughs> My, we did have a dog years ago, and she was um, a cocker spaniel. She was wonderful but dumb, and she uh, would get so excited every time we came home every day that a little bit of wee wee would come out. Ah, uh, well, she, uh, the, our boss from the radio station, came over to uh, visit the dog with her little girl at the oh, weekend, yeah, yeah. and uh, she she did a poo on the door. <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry. What the boss's daughter? <laughs> that is out. That is disgusting. I said, don't show her, don't show her, get her out of the way. Yeah, don't let the dog see that. I'll deal with this. Oh, dear. That's a big one. Well, don't let her her come round anymore, if that's the case. Like a pavlova. Oh, disgusting. I'm so (laughs) sorry you had to see that. Anyway, what's you doing a radio show, I think, at nine? Yes. Are you back in for that? I'm back in. Sweet, what you got? Coming up at nine this morning. Do you think we still need to pay child benefit in this country? Shadow Chancellor Ed Balls will tell the Labour Party conference today he wouldn't increase child benefit payments for at least two years if he were in government. This would uh, extend the cap on benefits, which the coalition has said would be reviewed in 2016. He's called the move part of balancing the books, promising that a Labour government would get the deficit down. Paying people when they have children costs this country. Do you know? Do you have a guess how much money per year child benefit costs this country? Ten thousand pounds. Ten thousand. Twelve billion pounds. Flip it, heck. Twelve billion per year. Really? Yeah. Blimey. Uh, job seekers allowance uh, pays about four point seven billion. Yeah. So child benefit twelve billion. That's incredible. That is a huge incredible. amount of money. But I'm going to ask you from nine this morning. I'd very much like your your reaction to this. Do you think we still need to pay child benefit in this country? Of course, child benefit was first introduced after the war, wasn't it? Because yeah. we needed people to have more babies. Yeah, needed to get the population up. Well, the last population figures that came out showed that we now have a baby boom in We've this got country. Loads of babies. Loads of babies. Yeah. So should we still have a benefit system that ultimately um, is all about encouraging a certain behaviour? And that behaviour is to have more children. Well, yes. From nine this morning, 08459 455 555, do you think we still need to pay child benefit in this country? I'd like your call from nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. A story we've been following very closely on this programme, the residents of Butley Road in Luton who tried to stop an open space behind their homes being built on. They applied for the land to be designated as a village green to halt the bulldozers, but that was unsuccessful. Well, now residents claim the council have broken a promise to protect an ancient hedgerow in the controversial development. Our shrub and tree correspondent, Matt Lockwood, has been speaking to campaigner Martin Stiff. These trees are pre-1901. They're protected under the Hedgerow Act of 1997. When they put the planning in two years ago, the council, in their own admission, said that they insisted that these trees should be retained as they're part of the history of the community. And now they have started on site. Just a couple of weeks ago, they've now omitted the the builder's weight that uh, 
a proportion of these trees are now down for removal to allow them to do the construction of the new properties. Wait a minute, why are they down for removal then? Because they look like the other trees, just across from here, uh-huh. they look the same, they're, they're not going anywhere are they? So why are these going? These ones are going where they've identified is that there's some the new development going here and these will actually be inside, in front of some front doors of the new properties. So they need to remove them to fulfil the plans and the development that they're looking to build. But the council say, as far as they're aware, there are no plans to remove these trees? The... Uh, They've, they've always insisted that the, tri- the hedgerow, once they identified and accepted it was a hedgerow, that they would uh, retain it um, as part of the development. They're now um, back, backtracking on that, as they've always done in the last couple of years, and now they're show- trying to lose three or four of these hedgerow trees under the general landscaping scheme of the works. So you're saying the council have backtracked on a plan to protect these trees for this community? Absolutely. Um, that We know that the trees are, are protected um, and when they started on site a couple of weeks ago um, we got them to put this metal fencing as you can see now around them in their words in the, sh- in the short time period while we are under further discussion with them. If we hadn't been on the case I'm sure these would have just been um, uh, firewood by now. Part of their own planning constriction says that there's a, uh, a very strict um, act and guidelines how they should be protected during the works. Um, this is clearly only a temporary measure, but it's obviously a, um, a good first stage for us to keep them retained. So we've got Councillor Tom Shaw on this morning. What do you want to say to him? Again, you're backtracking again from everything you've said. I've tried, I've tried to um, slip these, or slip in a, a new rules by themselves to lose the part of this hedgerow without the uh, formal um, approvals under the hedgerow regulations, which you have to do if you want these trees um, removed. You'll do it anyway, I think, and then you'll say, oops, sorry, we slipped up, we're sorry, we'll park some new ones. But these trees are protected, and it's, uh, no, we're losing a lot of the space around here for this uh, community, uh, and this is part of the, the heritage of this, of this area. And do you feel throughout this whole process the council have not listened to you, and basically they've done what they wanted to do and try to keep the developers happy at all times? Absolutely, and I'm sure that's going to be the case for the next um, 18 months during the development. Well, listening to that is Councillor Tom Shaw, who's responsible for housing at Luton Borough Council. Tom, you're not listening to the de- uh, the residents and you're, you're doing the bidding of the developers. Completely and utterly wrong. This planning permission was granted. On the planning permission, it actually shows the removal of three, bushes, three trees to the right-hand side. It's been granted 12 months ago. It's been on the drawings for 12 months. Part of the, it's not an ancient hedgerow. Uh, there's no such thing in planning terms. The part of the trees are protected. That metal fence hasn't been put up because Mr Stiff said it needs to go up. Anyone sent out to go down the town hall, see the drawings what were passed 12 months ago, you'll see that these trees get removed and you'll see that part so, of the trees is protected. That's why the fence has gone up. So, Tom, what, how have these residents seemingly got it so wrong then? from day one when at the very first public meeting Mr Stitch been against the development and a couple of other people down there but we've tried our best by talking to them by mates going around and talking to them everyone talking to them but it seems any anything that goes up down there raises objections you can understand why they're upset though can't you oh, of course i can yeah but also i remember i've got a thousand people in temporary accommodation in luton and i've got to get some houses built for them ah so how, how many of these houses are uh, uh, for those temper those people in temporary accommodation uh, there's 15 houses which are oh. direct rent. There's 15 for shared ownership. To qualify for the shared ownership, you must be on the council list. 
awaiting a property. Ah. And there's 15 for sale on the open market, which actually subsidises the rest. The council's putting no money into it apart from the land. OK. Which you, 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 you gave away, didn't you, the land? You give the land away for nothing, otherwise... Yeah. No, no developer's going to come and give you 30 units. Uh, oh, uh, you can have them for nothing. We don't want them. You know, the land is part of our value going into the site. And are you happy, with, are you happy with the number of... Are you happy with the... So how many affordable houses have you got on there? 30. OK. And you're happy with 30. that for giving all that land away? It's not just that, Ian. What it is, is the scheme across... There's three other schemes going on at the same time. It's, uh, it's called Home Saluton. Uh, Mr. Stephen, his colleagues actually identified just for one side, but Robert Wells and Badley Road, which again have got houses from shared ownership and rent on, are all part of the same scheme. So it's all cross financing each other. Tom, we're losing. You're beginning to sound like a Dalek. One final question, then we'll let you go, sir. Uh, uh, the, the, the residents say that you have reclassified a part of the ancient hedgerow so the developers can get rid of it. Have you reclassified any of the hedgerow? No, and there is no such thing as an ancient hedgerow in planning terms. Tom, thank you very much for your time. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 heading southbound, very heavy moving on the speed sensors between the Great North Road and the Black Hat roundabouts. The A421's looking heavy between Beancroft Road and Junction 13 for the M1. Uh, taking a look in Finmere, we're getting reports of it being partially blocked on the A41, um, just between the A4421 and Featherbed Lane following an accident that's happened there. It's queuing on the M1 heading southbound between the London Gateway services and Junction 2 for the A41. And the M25 heading anti clockwise very heavy on the sensors uh, between junction 21a for st albans and junction 16 the m40 also heavy on the a1m heading southbound between junction 8 and junction 7 for stevenage nicola richards bbc three counties radio across beds hearts and bugs this is bbc three counties radio Daytime Lee Agnew, the headlines. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner has admitted he was forced to get rid of his deputy after she tried to interfere with an attempted murder trial. It comes as the Labour Party says it will scrap police and crime commissioners if they get back into power. The casualty department at the QE2 hospital in Welling Garden City is to close in nine days' time. It'll be replaced by an urgent care centre treating minor injuries instead. Hertfordshire police have named a man who died in a car crash at Stapleford as 24-year-old Michael Heaster from Hartford. The accident took place between two cars on the A119 yesterday. The weather will be fine and dry with sunny spells today. Top temperatures around 18 degrees Celsius. That's 64 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chelsea remain top of the Premier League table after a one-all draw against Manchester City. Leicester City came from 3-1 down to beat Man United 5-3 at the King Power Stadium. Captain Wayne Rooney says they only have themselves to blame. We were 3-1 up, we should have seen the game out. should have kept the ball better and we, we didn't do that. And We know it'll take time, there's been big changes at the club and we have to make sure that we pick it up quick and we get the results we need um, in the near future. Watford will check on the fitness of defender Gabriel Tamas after he was injured in the one-all draw with Bournemouth. MK Dons midfielder Deli Alley got a hat-trick in the 6-1 win over Crewe. Luton Town kept another clean sheet, beating Cambridge 1-0, and there were draws for Wickham and Stevenage. In Formula 1, Britain's Lewis Hamilton won the Singapore Grand Prix. The victory means the Hertfordshire 
driver now has a three-point lead in the Drivers' Championship from his Mercedes teammate Nico Rosberg, who failed to finish the race. Coming into this weekend, I, I knew that I had the pace as I did in the last race, and I got the pole position, so one step at a time, and obviously to get this result was great. But today we didn't have the battle that I was hoping for. Um, with uh, I was hoping to have a good battle with Nico. I knew it would be very hard. I'm sure the team are a little bit disappointed, of course, that we didn't get the one-two. And finally, Bedford's Paula Radcliffe marked her return to running with a third place in the Worcester City 10K. She was using the event to ease back into racing before finishing her career at next year's London Marathon. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at nine o'clock. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's... There's no whispers today. No. Well, no, there is a shout. The shout of a, a disgust as Justin Dealey watches a man pull a tooth out oh. of his head. The video is now on facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. If you follow at Ian Lee as well on Twitter, then it's uh, been retweeted there. It's every bit as BBC3CR. Ah, that's the Come BBC. They don't need me to plug them. It's every bit as revolting as you would imagine. I mean, it is. You couldn't watch it. Kelly, you retched. I retched about three or four times. That's how good it is, guys. It's, it's a triple retcher. <laughs> oh wait, uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR Honestly, you will not see anything like it Unless you've seen uh, an old man with not many teeth Pulling a tooth out in a market in St Albans before mm. In which case, it's probably the same as that It's a good video, Just Hashtag real life Hashtag shot in portrait mm. Hashtag pay the £18 and let the dentist see you Hashtag, Hashtag flip the, the phone <laughs> Yeah, turn the phone, in. guys Listen, I, the work, this is one of the worst crimes I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world at the moment But one of the worst crimes in the world Is to shoot video on your phone in portrait Turn it on its side Gosh. Landscape Listen, you sent me out to St Albans Market on Saturday you Project said, Spark, you said, guys, come on You said, Turn it landscape, that's the basic ethos of that whole thing Record it on a microphone yeah. Take some photographs yeah. And video it Yes, yeah, video I've ticked it. all the boxes Yeah, you just ticked them sideways it it's like uh, recording audio, but with the mic facing downwards. Yeah, you plumb. Is that right? Okay. Okay, guys. Okay. Feedback taken on board. But, by the way, if anyone uh, missed the show uh, at about five minutes to six, this was Justin Dealey. How many days are there in a the year, Just? Um, I don't know. You tell me. Sorry? I don't know. Days in a year. Hundred? No. <laughs> Justin Dealey, ladies and gentlemen. Justin Dealey. <laughs> five to six. Whoa, that's interesting. Was I on uh, Wally Webb's programme? Oh, mate, I got, the, I got oh. the time a little bit wrong. Oh, oh gosh, right, I was an okay. hour out because yep. I'm thinking on my feet. Right. You didn't know how many days there were in a year. You don't know how often a leap year is. You know nothing about a drop year. You, sir, <laughs> are a plum. Three, six, five. He knows a lot of other stuff, to be fair. He does know a lot of other yeah, stuff. Yeah, mm. like um, how to unbutton his shirt and uh, how to drink alcohol. Mm, what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with it, mate. But just how many? How often is a leap year? Uh, that will be, let me think, every one to... Four years, every yeah. four years. And how, what happens in a leap year? Uh, we miss a day. You see? This is what I'm dealing with. How often is a drop year? Uh, that will be every 12 years. And what happens in a drop year? Uh, we drop two days. We gain two days. All oh, right, OK. Great knowledge. Well done. Give yourself a pat on the back. <laughs> I, You're I, a clever guy. I'll give you a pat in the chops in a minute, sunshine. Mm. Catherine, you talk to him. I can't be bothered. Just him? Yeah. Well done. Well done, honestly. Thank you. You owned him there. Yeah, I know. Particularly over the five to six thing. Yeah. What a plum. It's, um, it's not hard to own him, though. Don't talk to him about that. Get him to talk about the grumpy women thing. Oh, yeah. You're a grumpy man now. Justin. Yeah. We were talking earlier about grumpy women. Hmm. Explain. Uh, yeah, according to the Daily Mail today, 
Perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts, and bucks. The ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies. Uh, yes, in the Daily Mail today, um, it suggests, according to a new scientific report, that uh, ladies are in a bad mood for only 10 days a year. Now, Ian, when we came up with this feature, the ladies' perspective, we wanted honesty on the streets. <laughs> Beds aren't so much. The ladies, the ladies, the ladies' perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts, and bucks. The ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies. Uh, so I've been dealing in honesty this morning on the streets. Been asking ladies about. <laughs> The ladies' perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts, and bucks. The ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies. The ladies. <laughs> um, I'm not going to mention the L word, so because um, every time I do, you play that. Um, The ladies' perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts, and bucks. The ladies, the ladies. Thank you, Peter. The ladies, Thank you. The ladies, Can I start now? The ladies, the ladies. <laughs> I've been talking to chicks on the street about how often they get into a bad mood. And it's uh, refreshingly honest, this piece, which, of course, is exactly what we're looking for. Boss, here's what happened. Madam, can I ask you um, what puts you in a bad mood? Um, public transport, pretty much every day. Yeah. Anything else? Um, not getting enough sleep. <laughs> Many of my work colleagues. Uh, Monday mornings, mainly. Would you say that you're in a bad mood for more than ten days a year? Pretty much in a bad mood from Monday to Friday. Wow. Because a lot of ladies may say, Oh, no, I'm not in a bad mood. I'm never in a bad mood. They're talking rubbish, aren't they? Probably, yeah. I'm just a bit more honest than I, th than I think a lot of people are. Thank you very much indeed. Great to have you on board on the uh, ladies' perspective. Take care. Thank you. From Ian Lee's show, what puts you in a bad mood? I'm not in a bad mood. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying you are, but um, what puts you in a bad mood? I never get in a bad mood. So, I'm going to get your word on this. How often do you come into contact with ladies who are in a bad mood? Uh, every day in my life, yeah. And you just got to cheer them up. That's all you can do. Give them a smile, give them a joke, give them something to make them laugh. Why do you think they're so miserable? Um, I don't know. I think ladies take on kind of like consciousnesses that you don't need to take on, you know? So just Such let them go. Tidiness of the house, state of the car, who knows? All kinds of things. Watching football, yeah, yeah things that really don't matter. You just let go of your head and just yeah. get on with your happy life. Just chill. Enjoy yeah. life. Exactly. Yeah. Great yeah. tip. Thanks very much. All right, no problem. Man. Sure, the ladies will appreciate that. Take care. Madam, do you spend more than 10 days a year in a bad mood? No. Come on, be honest. What winds you up? Probably the kids, probably going to work, husbands. <laughs> um, paying the bills, mortgage and things like that. Yeah. Stress. I mean, judging from, from what you're saying there, I'd say you're probably in a bad mood for probably, what, 11 months of the year? Well, yeah, average, yeah. And women are in general, really, aren't they? Well, yeah, they're more than men. Yeah, I think women get more angry 
they're more than men. Do you know what I like about this feature, the ladies' perspective? When we go onto the streets and, and we talk to people like yourself, we get an honest perspective as well, don't we? Yeah, yeah. And that's great, isn't it? Well, yeah, sometimes people don't open their feet and just put it inside them. The next minute you snap and you go off one. So your message to anybody who gets stopped on the street for the ladies' perspective across beds, hearts and bucks is just be honest, just open up and, and just be yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, yeah, there's people should open up and be honest. But sometimes people don't, sometimes people don't be honest. Yeah. Ooh, all the ladies in the house. <laughs> the ladies, the ladies. <laughs> the ladies, the ladies. The Ladies' Perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts and bucks. The ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. I'm not in a bad mood. OK, so, Justin, mm. excellent stuff there. Thank you. How many months are there in a year? Uh, there are, let me think, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, twelve. OK, OK. OK. Just checking. Okay. Yeah. How many hours in the day? Um, two, three, four. Well, I have probably, what, two days in a day, um, but it's still 24 hours in a day. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Days in a week? Uh, that would be one, two, three, four, five, six, I know the Fab Four said eight, but so uh, it's actually seven. <laughs> When's the next drop here? Um, one, two, three, four, four, um, eight years. <laughs> Taking it to the streets with J Dog. My, um, um, are you in a bad mood? I'm not in a bad mood. All right, just checking. My friend Simon, who listens to the podcast, sent me a text saying, Why is Peter Andre doing your jingles? I had to reply, I have no idea. <laughs> I have literally no idea, Simon. We couldn't get Warrell Thompson, that's Th- why. That was Honestly. it. Honestly. That was it. He's the cheaper Warrell Thompson. Have we got any Texas? Yeah, loads. Let's have some. With regard to the loss of a hedgerow, this is not the only case. A similar one is in Sunderland Road, Harlington. Central Beds Council seem to have no res- regard for conservation areas, treating them as mere land banks ripe for development. That's according to OC. Um, and also talking about police commissioners and the idea of replacing them with oh, yeah. laymen and women. Oh, um, you need a group of ordinary people with common sense as an independent group. That's from uh, Peter in Warmer Green. Oh, yeah. And Pat in Houghton Regis is furious. Oh. You have the cheek to question the ability of Joe Public to take up the office of PCC when these political appointees have no idea themselves. The country's run by politicians that have not a clue, so we're in a right mess. Do you have any better ideas? Um, uh, well, yeah, we get people who are, who are trained and have experience in those things to do it. What, what's so crazy about that? Speaking of monkeys, morning guys, evolution of monkeys changing to humans is happening now before our eyes. You wondered why they'd stopped evolving and they'd stuck with the monkey thing. Yeah, yeah. Dave of Luton, I don't think it's Dave Luton, because it's spelt right. It's happening before our eyes, we're just just not seeing it, as it originally took millions of years. So it's still happening as our monkeys now are learning more skills. This is nonsense. Then why don't you see a monkey that looks a bit like a boy? If it's happening, then and it's still happening, then one of them there would was, look like a bit like a boy. There was that really old monkey in a zoo that was walking upright smoking cigars. But you would have uh, loads of monkeys smoke fags. They love fags, monkeys. But then you would have a, a monkey, um, and this may have happened. This may have happened somewhere. But you would expect in a zoo when a monkey gives birth that like something that looks quite like a human would come out one day well, if no, they were evolving. It's happening, it's happening very, very gradually. Well, uh, um, Steve has emailed in. 
Ian, I don't know about shaving monkeys, but I have seen one painted fluorescent green. We read on. I used to work overseas for someone whose house was surrounded by a large piece of land, much of which was covered in trees, wood or forest or jungle. The local macaques... Or bush. The local macaques were a real pain, stealing food and generally making a mess. His solution? To capture one of them and paint it bright green. His theory was that upon release, when it ran back to his monkey pals, <laughs> they'd be so shocked the whole troop would run away. Word would get out. It worked for a while. And in the, can, I, can I read you a really horrible story? This is again from Steve. Steve. Steve, Steve goes on to the next paragraph. I've got quite a few monkey stories. Oh. You could write a book, Steve. Anyway. I have quite a few monkey stories, including... And this is horrific. If you've got kids, switch off the radio for 45 seconds, because this is horrible. I have quite a few monkey stories, including one technique... We, um, we need some appropriate music for this, because this is flipping horrible. Hang on a second. OK. I mean, this is genuinely horrible. I like monkeys. This better not have a yeah. sticky end. Well, it quite literally does. I have quite a few monkey stories, including one Technicolor experience. I was following an Aston Martin DB7 at about 125 miles per hour. Illegal. Depends what country it's in. A whole family of macaques ran in front of it. They exploded on impact with the front of the car. I mean, seriously, that really is... Uh... Kathy crying. They're only macaques. I don't even know what a macaque is. It's still alive, Ian. Well, not anymore, it's not, I'm afraid. It's roadkill. Let's see if there are any macaques involved in today's travel news, Nicola. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the M1, heading southbound, rather heavy on the sensors between Junction 14 at Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Salford Road. Taking a look at Bedford Road, that's looking very heavy at the moment between Woodburn Road and Junction 13 for the M1. And the M1 itself, very heavy on the speed sensors at the moment between Junction 10 at Luton Airport Spur Road and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Taking a look so far on the M25, that's looking very heavy between Junction 21A for St Albans and Junction 16 for the M40. Delays on Virgin trains at the moment of about half an hour out of London, Euston, so do check before travelling. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 46, it's Monday the 22nd of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The Bedfordshire Police Commissioner has admitted he was forced to get rid of his deputy after she tried to interfere with a trial. An inquest takes place today into the death of a Stevenage man who was shot dead in Libya earlier this year. And in sport, Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton now leads the Drivers' Championship after putting his pedal to the metal. Let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's been a chilly night across all three counties. We've had some rural grass frost, actually, and even now we're still at just five degrees at Woburn, seven degrees at St Albans, though, and seven in Wickham just now. Uh, so a spread in temperatures, but still in single figures. It's a chilly autumnal start, but a bright one. And uh, although we've got some cloud, there's a lot of sunshine out there at the moment. And that's the story of the day today across all three counties. We stay dry, good, bright or sunny weather. And in the best of that temperature, 
temperatures rising up to the high teens, somewhere around 17, possibly 18 Celsius. Now, we will see some fair weather cloud through the afternoon. It shouldn't spoil things, though, but it melts away again through this evening. So another cold night to come tonight. Temperatures well down in single figures once more. Uh, we'll start with that sunny but autumnal feel to the weather tomorrow. As we go through the day, an increasing cloud, although will be dry and bright. And again, temperatures up in the high teens. We've got some rain overnight into Wednesday, a cloudy start on Wednesday. But from that point onwards, we're dry right the way through until the weekend. Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. Are league tables the best way to judge a school? Pal, do you have any sympathy for the Buckinghamshire golfer Ian Poulter? Police are issuing safety advice to women in Watford, but I'm fascinated by the age gap between her and her husband. Figures show that around half a million pounds were spent in Hertfordshire last year clearing up after people who dump rubbish. Then you just ate them. Roberto Peroni. There's been an extraordinary action on social media. My big concern is that no one ever worries about the victims. The whole system is designed to help the criminal. Roberto Peroni weekdays from 3 BBC Three Counties Radio Across beds hearts and bucks This is Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio Oh come on Don't say that to Dale Dexter Pokemon Yeah if that's what you heard that's what you heard Dale Decker who has 100 orgasms a day. Let's, bubbles, uh, bubbles. We're uh, bubbles, them. we're calling them bubbles. Yes, uh, that's exactly what we're doing. Right, let's go to the phones. Uh, Line one, you're on the air. Who's this? Uh, hello. Right, that's you, Kelly. We're quite oh. text-heavy today. Line two, you're on the phone. Who's this? Hello. I can see... I'm looking at you. Don't look at me and then you won't think it's me. Well, I will, because it sounds like you. Let's try it. Look Line away. three, you're on the line. Hello. No, it's, it's, it's <sighs> you. It's you. Let me get Colin. Go on, get Colin. Get Colin. What you got on the texts, Kath? I've got a text. 08459 455 555, by the way. As you can tell, the phones aren't that busy right now, so now would be an excellent time for you to call in. Text from Phil. Yep. Can Good you, morning, Phil. Can you get Catherine to read out the list of conditions oh. treated at the QE2 oh, well, as of the 1st of October? It sounds like a weird roll call at the fire station at Trumpton or Chigley or Campbellwick Green. I can't remember which, says Phil. <laughs> Brains, back or neck pains, fractures and broken bones. We actually just did that. We actually did that. You actually spent time hunting down and editing that music <laughs> so that we could do that. Happy to please, especially if it's Phil. What? Um, I love that. Then it just stops. Yeah, well, we, we, got, we got the idea. We got, we got the, the gag. We got the gag across, Colin. Yeah, good one. Was that Trumpton or Campbell Green? Trumpton. Satire. Ah. Rory, Rory Bremner, eat your heart out. That'd be on the was, Now was, Show. Yeah, yo. The Now Show! Was, was that with the um, Hugh Pugh, Binary McGrew, uh, Cuthbert, That's Dibble what she was Grub. just doing a pastiche of. Yeah. Strains, sprains, back on neck pains, fractures and broken bones, Colin. Yeah, brilliant. We've started off again now. I've started chain reaction. Oh, dear me. Right, you do Hugh Pew. Ready? Go! Hugh oh, no, no, not yet, not yet. Go! Hugh Pew, Barney McGrew, Cuthbert, Dibble, Grub. Oh, that works. 
It's Pew Pew, by the way, not Hugh Pew. Yeah, Pew, no, Pew, Pew. No, it's, it's Hugh no, and Pew. It's Pew Pew. They're the Pew brothers. The Pews. No. Don't think so. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, no, five, double, five. No, we, we are dangerous, dangerously close to doing old kids' TV programmes. And what's wrong with that? It's boring. If you want no. that, go and listen to James Whale or any of the other Muppets. Who? Who? Is that what he's doing today? It, well, Sounds no. Good. No, tune in. don't tune into it. Can we get it from in here? No. Oh. Online? No, I only, I only listen to you either, either three counties or Radio 4. Radio 4. Are they still going? Yeah. Uh, what have you got for us, Cole? Apart from this uh, excellent bants. Right. Um, you're in St Albans this week. No, I'm not. Well, you aren't, but the radio <gasps> station is. Oh, Home of the big tour. Oh, Why? Oh, the big we were supposed tour. to launch that live on the show. Oh. And we'll do it now. We'll do it now. I'll find some St Albans facts. This is the launch and of the big... You are, Colin, you as the... Um, um, what are you? The, the ambassador of Dunstable. I am. You are now hands across the water... You are welcoming St Albans into your fold. Right. You are Hello. opening the St Albans chapter of the big tour. Right. Well, this week, all this week, Three Counties is concentrating on St Albans for the big tour. And as a little aside, on Friday, it's the start of the Ryder Cup, which, of course, was started by Samuel Ryder, who lived and worked in St Albans. Wow. He had a seed shop. Well, round, spontaneous round of applause. How's that for a link, then? Do you want another one? Go on. St Albans fact. Try and make it a fun fact, because that was quite dull. This isn't fun. This is is bloodthirsty and vicious. Beautiful. Two battles of the Wars of the Roses took place in or near the town. The first battle of St Albans... You've done this one already. 1455. It's Wars of the Roses. I said Civil War, so I'm correcting that. Yep. And, and the second war, battle of St. You Albans. said War of the Roses because we made a joke about Michael Douglas yeah. and Kathleen Turner. Yeah, no, but I couldn't work out which was which. Now I'm clarifying. OK? I'm not, I'm not sure which battle it was, but um, it was also ba- that's... It was believed that the Dunstable Swan Jewel was um, found when they came back up north. Um, oh, we're not after this desperate. The battle and was lost. Okay, now he's taking it to Dunstable. Right, guys, we're not this desperate for content that we have to listen to some boring old man spouting a load of tripe. Are you talking about you? With, or with respect to you, Colin. Thank you very much, Mr Lee. Now... I'll remember that one... When? When you have another go at me. OK, and then what, what will you do with them once you've collated them? Oh, I don't know. Throw them in your face. Oh, that sounds like, oh, um, sounds like an evening out. Pardon? Colin, thanks for your input. It's my pleasure, sir. <laughs> now that is how I want to be spoken to in the future. St Alban, the first Christian martyr, was possibly beheaded oh. in AD 308. If anyone knows when he was exactly beheaded, 08459 I, I don't really know, Rita. Yeah, I, you see, this is in danger of turning into, like, A-N-Y other radio show. They've got a uh, St Alban's no. gymnastics club. No, well, it's, uh, great, and I'm. Club? I love St Albans. It is a great place. I love it. Nice. They've got some nice little cheeky little little bar, little restaurants, little it's cheeky little independent one of the restaurants. The country's oldest and finest indoor skate park. But this is boring. Pioneer. This is. I mean, this is. Anyway, not, it's not boring. The most important fact that you need to know this week is that it's the home of the big tour. The most important fact you need to know is that Dale Decker has 100 orgasms well, each day. Uh, mm. Bubbles. 
calling them bubbles. We're, ca- we're calling them bubbles. Is she from St Albans? No, oh. unfortunately not. Otherwise, um, that would be uh, that would be pretty pretty cool. Have we got any more texts, or have yeah. we kind of run out of steam? We often do. We've got some rude texts I can't read out. Okay. Liam in Bletchley, though, says, I knew a guy who had disproportionately long arms and was jokingly referred to as proof that man descended from the ape. Do we come from monkeys or fish? Fish first, then monkeys. So fish become monkeys, become humans? Yeah. Then why hasn't a fish given birth to, uh, like, a little tiny sea monkey? You see what I'm saying? Evolution as a a theory, it doesn't really work because things have stopped evolving. Hey, Ian, I have to disagree with your women bad day comment. My wife is in a bad day, bad mood only nine days a year. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, etc. Sunday, tomorrow and yesterday, but I'm looking forward to tomorrow, says Dave. I wonder why she's in a bad mood. Why do we... I, I get on quite... Why do we make jokes about mother-in-laws? Because I get on with mine. Yeah, I get on with mine. She's a very, very nice lady. So where does that come from, then, that, that, that that's seen as a thing to do? Bernard Manning. My, my, take my mother-in-law, please, is the, uh, the thing. But I get on very well with mine. She looks after me. Maybe breakfast the other day. Pop round there in the morning. Good. That's what that was all about. Good. What were you going round there in the morning for? The kids stayed there that night. All oh, right. Handy. Yeah, very, very handy. The kids stayed there. I went out for a meal uh, at the weekend and I had duck. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, I know. Getting really bad in... Can certain foods give you bad indigestion? Yes, especially as you get older. Oh, I was in, I was in agony. Mm. I was, it was painful. I mean, obviously not as painful as it had been for the duck, but it really was... Uh, it was smart. Uh, and, and it's meat, isn't it? Yes, it is. Because this whole meat thing is still quite new, new to me. Andrew? Hello, Ian. Ever had duck? I've never had none. You, you should try it, although it'll give you the worst indigestion ever. Oh, my goodness. What you got for us, Andrew? Very simple, one, Ian. I don't believe in evolution for one reason. Go on. Well, if evolution were true, there wouldn't be any monkeys left, would they? That have all evolved into humans. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew is arguing my case. You see? I know what I'm talking about. Almost like I'd planned it. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting off on the A1, heading southbound. Very slow moving on the speed sensors at the moment, just between the Great North Road and the Black Cat roundabouts. Um, looking very slow on the A421, heading southbound between Beancroft Road and Junction 13 for the M1. The M1 itself, very heavy on the sensors, heading southbound between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and Junction 13 for Bedford. Take a look at the M25, heading clockwise, rather heavy moving, just around Junction 25 for Enfield. Also, anti clockwise looking very slow on the sensors between Junction 20 at Kings Langley and Junction 16 for the M40. The M40 itself also very heavy and London bound uh, just between Junction 1A for the M25 and Junction 1 for the Denham roundabout. Take a look at the trains. Delays are up to about half an hour on Virgin trains at the moment out of London Euston so do check before travelling. Nicola Richards BBC Three Counties Radio. Nicola thank you. Steve has sent in another monkey story. The, uh, there's a golf resort we sometimes stay 
emptied at, their bar had a problem they blamed on local kids. Cans of beer going missing. Sometimes later, one of the groundskeepers found a tree with loads of empty cans underneath. The monkeys have been stealing it, drinking it and then getting drunk. Man alive, you've got to love those monkeys, huh? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you think we still need to pay child benefit in this country? Shadow Chancellor Ed Boyd.